This is Collins from Cannot Justify. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with Icon, Granny Hawker, and Big Swing. Well, after a long work week and a fantastic weekend of wrestling, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I am ready to do another live show on 89.1 Ken's FM. And I, I do believe that we have Granny on the other line. Can you guys hear me? No, I cannot hear you. I can barely hear you, Icon. Okay, how about now? There we go. Now we can hear you. All right, now... Uh, so let's do this again. Do we have Granny with us? Oh, yes. I'm here, Icon. All right. Well, uh, I just realized that uh, this never happened before. This is radio jargon for everybody. The two buttons that are supposed to be pressed down for me to talk to you all was not pressed, and I just noticed that. So, you know, a technical, technical sapu, but that's all right. Uh, we'll just move on, and uh, before we uh, get into um, what everybody's been up to, let me go ahead and list all the guests that we have on tonight. We have author uh, Brandon Maggert. Uh That should be interesting. We have uh, the Black Widow from the MMA, uh, Jessica Borga. And we have Lenny J. Phillips. He's a director. He's an actor. He's a producer. And uh, guess what? We might even try and uh, get a job with him later on. As you guys know, I've never, ever tried to do that, but we'll see what happens today. Anyway, so before we uh, get to uh, the big show over there, Granny, how was your week? What uh, What's new with you? Oh, nothing much, nothing really exciting. I have my appointment Friday to get some tests done, so to see what's going on um i've had some issues going on when they checked my pacemaker for my yearly checkup um i had some episodes happen back in april may and july and a long story short they call it non-sustainable tachycardia which means the bottom part of my heart is beating too fast and eight years ago, when I la- had my last heart cast done, before I had the pacemaker put in, they said I had like 30% blockage, but it wasn't enough to have anything done. So they're going to do another heart cast Friday just to make sure that I don't have any blockage going on. So we'll see what happens. Well, we, well you know, we'll all, be, uh, we'll all be praying for you, and uh, our listeners will all be out there praying for you. Because uh, everybody we know, love, we love the granny, uh, with the exception of Sylvester J. Fox. But uh, speaking of Sylvester J. Fox, uh, apparently um, uh, Matthias, our co-host, has turned to the dark side. So 
Uh, tell us, uh, how was your weekend? That doesn't surprise me. That that doesn't well. even <laughs> surprise me. Now he's one of How much does Sly have to pay you off to do that, Matthias? Well, let's just, uh, we'll talk about that in just a minute. But uh, after a very long work week at DS Beverage delivering alcohol and a very, very terrible Wednesday, a very stressful Wednesday, I got to go to Minot, North Dakota, where I competed for a two-day event for Strike Force Pro Wrestling, where I took on Bobby Brennan on the first night and the Mean Marine Mason Mayhem on the second night. And then Saturday, September 17th, as promised, I competed for Below Zero Wrestling. This one's for the vets. And uh, surprise, surprise, I am now an honorary uh, new member of the Slies guys, BZW's form of the, our modern form of the NWO. And uh, <clears throat> I couldn't ask for a better group to join, if you ask me. It's me, the system, Mac, and, and Sly taking over Below Zero Wrestling, as we are deserving. Uh, we are the new modern version of the NWO. We've got Mac, who is just like Diesel with size and power. We've got me, Razor Ramon, the hot guy who will throw a toothpick and be a jerk in the ring. And then we've got the system who kind of looks like Hulk Hogan and can play an instrument as he goes out to the ring. So I'm pretty sure we're going to be set uh, for the upcoming years when it comes to Below Zero Wrestling. And then one and only Eric Bischoff decided to uh, stick his nose in a place where it did not belong and decided to make my match with Mason Mayhem, the Mean Marine, a boot camp brawl. And that's not even the worst part of it. He decided to stick his nose in my match and manage Mason Mayhem that night, and he had the audacity to put his old wrinkly hands on Sylvester J. Fox and the system and hit them with a golf club and screw me out of winning my match against Mason Mayhem that evening. Well, I'll tell you, uh, here, here's baby. why that was. Well, here's why that was. Uh, as you know, uh, we had uh, Mrs. V, uh, Lori Bischoff, on the show last week, and uh, Granny asked me to uh, uh, for um, Mrs. B's number, and I gave it to her, and she called Mrs. B, talked to Eric about the appearance, and set that all up. So now you know what happened to you. Well, I mean, I <clears throat> I figured that Granny would stoop as low, Um has to do something like that, but there was actually somebody that I thought Granny had sent out. See, there was this other old lady who uh, is currently in a uh, rolling chair type situation, and she had a cane. And the second I decided to go enter the ring for my match, I was doing nothing wrong. She just started hitting me, Sylvester J. Fox, and the system with her cane, which then Mason Mayhem decided to drag me over there and she hit me in the head with her cane for for no oh. reason at all. So I'm oh, assuming either. The so oh, wine, wine, wine. So I'm it's going like to assume that Granny Hall. Oh my God! Who the hell cares? Thank you, Big Swing. Thank you, Big Swing. So I'm guessing say, that Granny Hallster. Took her, friend, took her friend to the took her friend from the nursing home and decided to plant her <laughs> right in the front row, 
And uh, so I guess I'll have to take that up with, uh, hey, with now, Granny later Matthias, on in Mozart. I, Matthias, you know, I, I, no, I, I did not have anything to do with that woman that hits you with her cane. I, I know nothing about that at all. I, I do. I absolutely know nothing about that. So. Sure. All right. So I guess Granny uh, does have a plan for Oh, big swing. That was not there yeah, we the go. Raiders lost very badly the other day too, by the way, you know, the Raiders lost the other day, so you know, but well, right I, now, no, you know, uh, Matthias and my Matthias, team are not doing I'm, well I'm right now. I'm sorry you got hit in the head. I really am, you know. I'm sorry you got hit in the head by that woman. But I well, don't I know anything about any, that. I appreciate your the somewhat respect you just gave me and apologizing for that. But, you know, I guess Granny Hulkster does have a little plan up her wrinkled sleeve. And uh, I guess me and Sylvester J. Fox will have somebody to deal with in an upcoming show. But when I come down there to Arkansas, where I'm still waiting for my casual, my gold card invite, I will be bringing Sylvester J. Fox with me, and we're going to take okay, care of whoever good. we I, need. I, I, hope you, I, hope you, I hope you do, because... When you all come to Ozark Mountain Wrestling, you're going to see some pretty excellent talent at Ozark Mountain Wrestling. And Granny's got very good friends in high places. So, you know, you and Mr. Sylvester J. Fox can try to do whatever you want to me, but you're not going to get you're not going to get anywhere close to me with with my with my people that are going to protect me. That's all I'm going to say, you know, because I've got friends who love Granny, you know, unlike Sylvester J. Fox, who doesn't, but that's beside the point. So, but moving right along. Well, well, well you guys will you guys will have to uh, uh, get through that. But you also became a human pincushion again this weekend, didn't you? Yes, because as I previously stated, that uh, uh, Eric Bischoff decided to take Sylvester J. Fox's golf club and hit him and the system in the lower regions with it. Um, I decided I was, I was about, about to, to put Mason that. Mayhem away. Uh, I was about to put Mason Mayhem away with a double-handed sit-out choke slam onto a huge pile of plastic army men, <laughs> and uh, he decided to punch me uh, really quickly, get out of my choke slam, and he luckily wrapped his hands around my neck, and he threw me straight down into the army, man. I'm pretty sure one of them punctured me. I had no idea. And then uh, I guess he got the lucky one, two, three while I was disoriented. But next time it comes around, I hear Eric Bischoff wants to come back again, and he wants another shot at the Slies guys. So we're welcoming any time Mr. Bischoff wants to come around we're going to be waiting. Well, here's a question. Uh, do we happen to know the next time that they are scheduled to um, uh, be back in uh, uh, Fargo here or close to it? No. We uh, we talked to we talked to Mr. Bischoff. Well, I guess Fly decided to go out there and give Eric a piece of his mind, and he decided to say, you know what, I'm coming back. He said, I'm coming back around, and we said, well, we're welcoming you anytime. And he's like, well, you guys got my phone number. I'll be coming back to whip some tail around again. And we're like, well, 
Next time we'll have our golf clubs, and we'll knock your block off a couple of times, and we'll see what happens. Well, uh, I guarantee you Mr. Bishop will be on the show before uh, he makes an appearance here, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll deal with that at some point. But I'll tell you what, our first guest is waiting in the wings. Uh, we need to take a quick little time out to hear from one of our sponsors, and we will be back with our first guest after these messages. Don't tell me this thing's going to do that again. Okay. Well, it is. So I don't know what to do. Uh, anyway, let's uh, let's uh, we'll uh, hopefully our esteemed owner is uh, is watching. But in the meantime, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. He is our first guest of the night. He can tell you exactly what is on page one, all the way through page 300 in any one of his books. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the man himself. He is Brandon Maggerts. Hey, hey, guys. Don't bring out any golf clubs trying to hit me with them, okay? My name, you're, I'm you're, Brandon Maggart, and it's live Monday on 89.1 Ken's FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Hupster, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. Hit it. How, how are you, sir? <laughs> I'm good. I hope that was all right for your show. Oh, it, it was perfect, sir. Uh, now, uh, how would you like me to address you? Should I call you sir or Brandon or Mr. Maggard, or how would you like to be addressed, sir? Uh, uh, Brandon, old fart, anything you want to say. Brandon okay, is good. And as you, okay, and as you know, uh, we need to use, that's uh, not bad, but we need to use PG language, but anyway. So oh, that's a good do, thing uh, you've warned me. Yeah, so here's what we're going to do, Brandon. If you want to give us a background about yourself and I'll ask you a few questions, then we'll do a round table, and I'm going to come back and ask you the difficult questions. Okay. How much, how much time do you want me to give you on my background? Two or three minutes well, or what? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. I'll start. You can cut in. You can say, hey, hey old, old man, that's enough. Okay. All right. <laughs> I was, I, I'm, a, I'm an actor, writer, and painter, but I started out as a young boy in Tennessee, and uh, as a matter of fact, I was on the wrestling team when I was in prep school there. We won the Mid-South Championship. And I played a lot of sports, boxing, wrestling. And uh, anyway, I, went to, I became interested in the stage, more interested in the girls were interested in me singing to them. So I ended up in New York on the stage being a, a lot of Broadway shows, a lot of television shows and some movies and uh and uh, I'm an old. I've, I've got seven children, two ex-wives, and and about fifty ex-lovers, and uh, uh, that's a pretty good idea. Okay. Well, that that works. Uh, we have a uh, Brad. Uh, Brandon is our guest here. We have about thirty-two minutes here with a man. So, uh, you know, you uh, you're you know you know you're known as an actor and a producer. Of course, uh, some of our favorite uh, things that projects that you've done. Of course, Dress to Kill from 1980 and Christmas Evil from 1980 and uh, Brothers from 1984. Uh, and, uh, of course, you know, you mentioned, uh, your, your two ex-wives, uh, uh, one of your two ex-wives, of course, was, uh, uh, Jan Hudson, uh, and I am a big fan of yours, and, uh, basically what we want to do is, uh, talk to you about some of this good stuff, and if there's anything that, uh, we ask you that you don't want to talk about, just say, I don't want to talk about that, and then we can move on. So, uh, oh, now, so when I, you, you, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. 
Well, you know, you mentioned that uh, uh, girls like to uh, like to have you sing to them. I I don't have that. Uh, I don't have that privilege. Uh, a lot of people say, "Hey, uh, maybe you could go sing that in your car when no one else can hear you." And uh, so, basically, is that how you got started? You just kind of like uh, started singing on stage, and then uh, uh, someone sent a, uh, a tape of yours to uh, a, a company. How did that come about? Okay, well, when I mentioned the girls, when I was little, you guys, do you remember Bing Crosby? I sure do, yes, White Christmas. Okay, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know. I'm, 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 I'll be 89 in a couple of months, so a lot of things I mentioned you might not know. Yeah, uh, I, I used to sing to my next-door neighbor, a little girl, and I sang to her one day, and she liked it a lot, so I said, okay, bingo, this is it. And uh, I started singing then and church and then in school and then I went to University of Tennessee and I did a lot of acting in there and I won an operatic scholarship. I sang a lot of operas with the symphony there and uh, and then I went to New York and uh, and then I started in on Broadway which is, uh, I won't go into it right now because it, it will take forever to get about how I got started but you can ask me any of those questions you want. But that's how I got started. I found out you could uh, you could tell stories. I'm a storyteller. You could tell stories and sing songs, and you didn't have to be six four and, and blonde to, to attract the girls. Although I am kind of handsome. Well, <laughs> you know, we uh, when I when I pass over to uh, one of my co-hosts, he, uh, he'll brag about how handsome he is, and uh, I know that he's a fan of uh, uh, one of your films. Uh, well, I, I'm a fan of them all, but he's a fan of uh, one of your good ones. Uh, so now, when you um, when you when you went out uh, when you decided you wanted to go to Hollywood, you want to get into uh, the films like uh, The World According to Garp and Brothers and Christmas Evil and Dress to Kill and all that. Uh, it, it what was Dress to Kill was your first film, right? That you were involved in. Now, wait a minute, I, I did those all in New York. I only when I came out after my last Broadway show was about 1980. I, I I was in a couple of big hits and and about I don't ten or twelve flops, and I had a big family, so I I said I better go to Hollywood, and so I came out here. That's when I started uh, uh, in television. But I made uh, uh, Just to Kill. Actually, I was doing Christmas Evil, which is you 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 aware of that? I know. And, and was, uh, I, I was shooting it, and I was shooting for six six weeks. Six days a week. I was on camera all the time, except it's a few days. And on the few days, I got a call to come in and do a, a, a part on Christmas Evil. I mean, on uh, Dress to Kill. So I went in. I knew Nancy Allen and uh, her husband, Brian De Palma, directing it. And we we did uh, a couple of scenes. But in the film, the only one that lasted was the short film. But there was another wonderful film, uh, scene. I shot with her because my character was Cleveland Sam, I think it was called, and he was in town. He's looking for a girl or a hooker or whatever, and she answers the call. He opens the door and goes in, and that was about all that showed up in the in the film. But inside, the, the scene inside was say he's one of those guys that he he just wanted to talk and find out about her life and whatever. It was a great film when we shot it, and, <clears throat> and I was 
heartbroken it wasn't in Nancy Allen. Later on, said she tried to get her husband to insert it back when it was shown in Europe, but uh, no, it, that, she, it didn't make it. So. That was that. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, we're going to do a little roundtable. I'm going to come back and ask you about uh, a lot of uh, your TV appearances. Uh, but first off, uh, I want to introduce you to Granny. You've been on a lot of her uh, favorite shows uh, like uh, ER and uh, uh, Married with Children, Chicago Hope. You've also been in Murder, She Wrote, Murphy Brown, a lot of Granny's favorites, Knott's Landing. So, Granny, what do you have for our guest, Mr. Mager? Go ahead. Well, first of all, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on with us. Well, what thank you, has, Granny. You're you're welcome. What has been one of them? Have you enjoyed being an actor more or a producer more, or is it about the oh, same I was for you? Most, mostly an actor and a writer and painter. I was only a producer for a few things, but uh, okay. uh, no, no a- acting. Singing and acting and writing, written a lot of stuff and uh, too. So I'm all over the place trying to make a living with a large family. Yeah, to get out there and scuffle. So that, that's how I, I did that. Yeah, go ahead. For sure. For sure. Uh, Ms. Uh, Brandon Megert's our guest here, and we're on 89.1 Tins FM, and we got about uh, 24 minutes here with the man. And for those of you who uh, are regular listeners on the show, if you go to our, our Facebook page, you like that, Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday, like 89.1 Tins FM page, you like that, do a $10 a month uh, donation, power to We'll get you qualified to win an autograph uh, from our past guest, future guest, or current guest. And uh, I'm sure that uh, uh, Brandon will be able to help us out with that. Uh, and we'll talk about that uh, towards the end, sir. But uh, uh, now I want to introduce you to Matthias. Now, Matthias is a wrestler, and uh, he just loves the horror film genre. And I know that he loves Christmas Evil uh, because Santa Claus never bought him any Christmas presents either. That's why he became a, a heel wrestler. So what do you have for our guest there, uh, Matthias? Go ahead. Yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream, every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, also known as the modern nightmare, Matthias, current EWI Diamond and uh, APW World Heavyweight Champion. Matthias here, welcome on to the show. Um, I guess Granny kind of uh, took my question there. I was kind of going to ask, did you would you prefer TV or movies more? But I guess uh, one of my main questions now would be, what is the more, one of the more interesting projects you ever got to work on, whether whether it was acting or being behind the camera or whatever position it was? What was one of your more interesting projects you ever got to be a part and of? And you can't say this show because that would oh. be too easy. Uh, no, actually, I was doing uh, New Faces of 1968 on Broadway, and Sherry Britton, who was the famous uh, stripper, the easiest. Matter of fact, she was called by New York Magazine as, as the most uh, wonderful uh, female easiest uh, in the last century. And I was her top banana. You guys are familiar with being a top banana in burlesque? I assume you are. Anyway, I was her yeah, comic. Matthias, the top ban- yeah, okay. That's all right. You, you guys are in, in wrestling are also uh, actors. And great art, great athletes, great stunt people. Uh, and uh, I started, oh, I, I get off the path. I just wanted to tell you before I get off that I started watching wrestling. Of course, it wasn't like, I watched Gorgeous George. But my favorite wrestler way back when I was a kid and first television came out in my hometown was Argentina Rocker. Do you ever hear of Argentina Rocker? Yes. No. 
Oh, yes. He was fantastic. That was the only time I get my dad to sit down and watch stuff with me. And we'd love to watch him. And then, of course, he was back then. Of course, nowadays, as in any sport, the, the athletes are far superior than to what they were back then. So I don't know. I, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of mixed martial artists, arts, uh, all the, all that stuff. But uh, I, I certainly admire your, you guys. You got the villains and all that stuff. That's acting. That's like the old time uh, uh, plays that we used to, they used to do with the Harvey. Scare the kids, scare the old people, and you know they're not going to really be hurt because you see them the next week and they're out there. They're, they're still alive and going. I know I got off track, but I just wanted to put it, mention Argentina. What do I What'd you ask me? Oh, what I like most was oh, doing burlesque. Yeah, doing burlesque. Thank you. I'm old. So, yeah, because it was a great art form. It was spun out of vaudeville and burlesque and, 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 uh, I was doing like a modern review kind of thing, well, modern for 1968. But I, I went to to see Sherry Britton, who was touring her show then, and her comic got too old and couldn't do the new material. And, uh, and she said, I want you to do, she'd seen me in New Faces, and she said, I want you to believe the comic, replace my comic because he wants to retire. And said, come to see my show. And I, I went to see the show. And after that, I said, That's a, I can't replace that guy. He had everything down to a, like, you know, you got wrestling guys, you have all your tricks down to count one, two, three, turn here, flip, flip there. His precision on stage was like a, a Mozart uh, piece. He, went to, he took step this way, step that way, got a laugh there. He turned around there, turned on that foot. Now, the audience is not aware of that, but I'm watching the technique, and you guys are all aware of Of course, you have your own techniques. And, that's, and so... I replaced him and did the show, and I never had so much fun in all of my life. And it was so bizarre, guys. When I, it was back during 1968, which was a terrible year with all the with the war, the, and, and and here in the country was with, uh, with the student riots and and the two assassinations of Dr. King and 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 Bobby Kennedy. And but I was out on touring in that show, and during all that. People need to laugh, and I, they were they were laughing their ass off. At, I mean, they're laughing their rear, rear off at me. Excuse me, <laughs> and me and Sherry, and so I, I've, I've had and lots of TV shows. I did a show called Brothers, which was wonderful. I, I I love it all. I just love writing for it. I love doing for it, being on stage and thinking about it, sitting at home and watching movies and seeing a movie and seeing, oh, I know that shot. Okay, there's going to be a shot here. And I watch, you get in the way of watching it sometimes. You know, okay, he's doing this. He's got a close up here. He's got he's got a wide angle close up. You know that. So, uh, but the burlesque was, was my most fun, I think. You know, uh, Brandon Mangers, our guest here, we're on uh, 89.1 Kids FM. There's a couple people that I do want to ask you about working with. Uh, first one, uh, she's a native North of North Dakota. Uh, you got to work with her on Dress to Kill. What was it like with uh, Angie Dickinson? From Colm, North Dakota. 
Oh, my goodness. Uh, Angie Dickinson, I, just, I didn't really work with her in the same film, which happens a lot of times, but was she gorgeous or what? Yeah, uh, she, and she uh, still is, too. Yeah, she's like she's older than I am, though, now, right? I'm going to be 89. Just a little bit, I think yeah. she's um, Yeah, but uh, what a wonderful. Uh, and she worked with all the. God, I have she survived with all the Dean Martin group, all that, and all the movies she did with them. She, she must have been a good wrestler to get out of those situations. Right, exactly. And then uh, the other thing I want to ask you about working with uh, the world according to Garb, what was it like working with Mork? Oh, yeah, I, that was that was also quite wonderful. But I didn't really work with him all that much. But I com- I remember coming in to to make up. We we shot a lot of it in uh, out on the island in New York, and there was a place called Fisher's Island, which out in Long, Long Island Sound. That's where the the big house was, where 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 the uh, where uh, the, the, the Mark lived with his family there, and his mother, and. Uh, and uh, when I went to the dressing room the first time I saw him, at six o'clock in the morning, and I'm coming in kind of groggy-eyed, whatever. And he hits the door running. He's cracking jokes when he walks in. I said, "How's he going to live like that? He's like 90 miles an hour all day long." And uh, but my God, I and actually, I saw I saw Robin Williams before he was Robin Williams actually, or that Robin Williams. I used to go to Central Park, and he used to work. Like as a street uh, a comic there during pantomime and around the around the zoo in Central Park. That's before we knew who he was, and all of a sudden, boom! He's boop! He's gone. Yeah, a great talent, and uh, sometimes you don't know what's going on in a person's mind. And it, 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 you know, we lost him, but uh, he, he forged ahead for many years there. Well, you know, you. Uh... You know, you've done a lot of stuff on the big screen and the small screen, and uh, a couple uh, other roles I want to talk to you about. Uh, you know, you made an appearance in uh, my father's favorite TV show of all the time, The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. as uh, as Professor Coles. Uh, oh, and, I, uh, I love that too. Yeah, and uh, probably the most well, I. I guess I shouldn't say uh, most famous roles because you've been in so many, but one of your more iconic appearances, uh, uh, Granny and uh, Matthias, did you know that uh, our guest here can tell us how to get to Sesame Street? He used to be the he used to be the mailman there. Did you guys know that before? Oh, wow! Uh, not, not really the mailman. I, I just played that in one episode. But I was on with Buddy and Jim. And we did uh, slapstick comedy, kind of like uh, Abbott and Costello. About I was always doing the wrong thing, and Jimmy was too. But he he was smart, and the kids loved it. Uh, and uh, we I did it for just one year, but uh, I couldn't continue because. I, they didn't. They didn't want to pay us enough to live on, and I had to. But anyway, that was a, a, an iconic show, and and it was like seen by when it splashed. Actually, my friend Jimmy and I, we did, uh, a, a writer we knew came to see a review we were doing in a place called the Upstairs at the Downstairs in Manhattan, 
and uh, and he came in and said, uh, call me up and said, uh, Buddy, that's what my nickname is still, and it was my name on the show too. He said, Buddy, I need you and somebody to come in and do a couple of sketches uh, on, the, on the TV show for children's education. I said, well, what? he said, hey, come on, do it. I said, oh, he said, who do you want to work with? And I said, well, I'm working with Jimmy Cotusi now. How about him? And he said, good. And so we went up and, uh, and we did, uh, went to the studio and we saw these sketches and we did our, you know, stuff to them. <clears throat> and they, they, we had a, a ball doing them. And then we forgot about them. And back then I was, I was a big drinker. And so was Jimmy. And we forgot all about that. And we were called one day to come to, come to this big splash of Sesame Street. We didn't even know what it was. We went into the Plaza Hotel and it was packed. And we'd sit down watching a TV show. And all of a sudden, we'd come on screen doing our stuff, and the place exploded. And we said, Dr. Jimmy, what did we? I didn't know. Yeah, but it was, it was a big deal, and we did a whole lot more sketches after that for them. Uh, and well, you my know, kids used to. You know, the thing is, you, you, you know, you were on the very first, uh, first season of the show in 1960. You were from 1969 to 1970, uh, you know, and, you know, uh, back then, who, who knew at the time that Sesame Street would uh, grow to what it is now? It's still on the air today. And just think about this. If you weren't on that first season as uh, Buddy the Mailman or George the Mailman, you never uh, the show would not be as popular as it is now without you. Think about that. Well, I, I thank you for thinking about that, but I think it was the show as a whole and the way it's constructed for the children, the timing of the sketches, the humanity and the people involved, and the care that Children's Television Workshop has done with it over the years. But thank you. We did. We were very popular at the time, yeah. And uh, what, uh, uh, with, uh, with all the stuff going on now, what... Uh, what what do you keep busy with nowadays? What uh, are are you writing? Are you planning a, a oh, yeah. screenplay I've, I've or a, a lot movie? Of books. With, that yeah, you want I'll to tell you what in? I did. I did a, a few years ago. I, I hurt my back. I was doing a TV film. Uh, called, what was it called? I forget. But I was a detective and I had to kick a door down. And they, I was a tough guy, a tough detective. Kicked the door down to get inside to these people, and they kept kicking. It was blocked, and on the other side it was blocked, and I kept kicking. And instead of, then they shot from the inside out, and like an idiot, I kept kicking. The director didn't even put in a stunt guy to, to kick the door, to, and I hurt my back. And I, for then, I was, my back was out for a long time. Finally, I had to have an operation used and have it have a cadaver bone put in. So after that, I started painting and writing, and I've written seven books since then. And uh, my latest book is a historical fiction called Kate's Crossing, about three young girls coming to America from England as indentured servants uh, in 1756. Uh, and... Uh, they, they, their crossing was, uh, uh, was horrendous. I, I, I was going to read you a paragraph, but I, I don't think we have time for that. Uh, but uh, uh, and my, my one before that was where possums dance and the willow sings. It's a, 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 a memoir. It has a lot of show business stuff, a lot of things I was in. That, that might, might be more popular with the audience uh, than with a lot of uh, stories about movies and. Uh, 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 the, behind the scenes and all the actors. So if you want to look into that, Where Possums Dance and the Willow Sings, and it's on Amazon uh, Books uh, books by Brandon Maggart, and it's on uh, 
paperback and ebook and audio. I did 14 hours of telling those stories on that. But my new book is new out, and it's just boom, banging forth this uh, as we speak. So we'll see what's going to happen. I already got a five-star uh, uh, review from the historical fiction company, and so I'm author. So I, I'm an author now, but I also talk too much. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I'll tell you what: talking too much. That uh, I've been accused of that. Uh, Matthias, he's a wrestler. He likes to run his mouth. Uh, you know. <laughs> Matthias, you didn't talk enough. I wanted to hear from you. And Granny, too. Is your Granny, is, is she a wrestler or just a Granny that watches? Well, she no, hits you with her cane if you make just, her mad. I'm just a, I'm just a fan. I, I, do, I don't like the heels. I can talk some pretty good smack to the bad guys when I have to, and sometimes I have to put them in their place. Okay, so, doke. Now, Matthias, uh, uh, you like to talk, too, huh? Well, I mean, everybody likes to hear my voice, and I am, again, the man from every woman. Well, but you like me. So. You know who likes to hear your own voice more than anybody else? Nobody. I like to hear the sound of my own voice, and so do you, Matthias. And you got a good voice. <laughs> well, uh, well uh, we have uh, Mr. Maggot as a guest here. We've got uh, ten minutes here, and uh, I wish you were ten more years, but... Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, your new book, but one thing that uh, I, I do want to ask you about, uh, you know, you mentioned that uh, your books are available on audio and Kindle. I'm just kind of, and then you, you uh, voice your own books. So let me ask you this. When you're doing that and uh, re- reading your books for audio and Kindle or whatever it is, uh, do you like do like read like a chapter a day? Do you do like two chapters? Uh, do they say uh, you need to get this read by this day, and we'll give you like a, a five hundred dollar bonus? Kind of take us through that a little bit. Uh, how that works about voicing okay. your own story. There, there are a lot of different ways to do your audio book. If you write a book, and you can hire people, companies, they'll do their they'll get a a reader for you, or you can uh, work with their studio and you can do your own voice. Or uh, I did everything myself. I have my own set up a little studio of my own. And, of course, I had an editor later on to take out the clicks and all that stuff. But when you do it your own, you can do it, take your time. Studio time is incredibly expensive. So if, you probably know. So uh, you could, at home, I'm sitting here in my little dark studio, and uh, I, can, I can read a, a paragraph, and if I don't like it, I can go back and read it again and go back. And, and also, when you do that, when you hear it out loud, it, it improves your writing. You say, oh, that writing is not good enough. It sounds like writing and not telling a story. So you can go back and write it like you're, like you're telling a story, if you like, if that's the style you want to write in. So that's, that's what I did on, on Where Possums Dance and the Willow Sings. And it took me, um, you know, quite a while to do that. But uh, I'm, I'm the boss. Then nobody tells every word in all my books is written by me. I don't have uh, an editor or, a, or people to tell me, oh, will it sell more books if you do, do this or do that? I said, no, it wouldn't be me. I have a friend that write books and get them back from publishing. They don't, don't even recognize their book. They just do it to sell more books. I don't give a rat's bum if, if I don't sell a million books. 
It's, it's end up as my art. And that's me, Brandon Maggart, telling stories. <laughs> well, you know, Brandon, I was going to ask you about that then. You know, no, no, that's fine. You mentioned that you don't have an editor. I mean, these are your books, but don't you have to some? Uh, don't you have to submit uh, your books to like certain publishing companies to get them published, or do you pay that hey, you for yourself self, as well? You can do self-publishing. I started to that other way, but you know, at my age, I didn't start writing till late, and, it, and you got to sign up to submit your book to a to a publisher, and they don't, don't do it. You know all those stories. So, Maybe famous, famous novelists don't get their books published, don't be heard for many years, then finally, boom, they're big. But I'm too old for that. And so this is self-publishing so that you can do it yourself and you can put it out there. Of course, then you have to promote it yourself. Because you can see Amazon and say, you're on Amazon now. Your book's on Amazon. Nobody knows your book's on Amazon till you tell them. It's like if you say it's on Amazon, it's like taking a grain of sand to Sahara Desert. Oh, yeah, my book's there. I said, well, how is it? I said, well, you've got to look for it. <laughs> so you have to get out of what I've been doing now, promoting, uh, especially this one, Case Crossing, that I'm, I'm doing in process of doing a lot of podcasts and stuff, interviews about, about Kate's Crossing now. Uh, and so I'm in charge. You know, when you're in charge of yourself, you sleep better. As long as you got food in the refrigerator and got to – I own my own house. I worked hard enough and long enough years I got that, so – I paint my own pictures, I write my own stuff, and publish my own books, and I have a lot of fans. So uh, I get to talk to you guys, a lot of you guys. Why do I get to talk to so many northern, like Canadian people? Are you in Canada, and, and where are you? We're, we're, uh, hey, that, hey, 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 uh, we're, no, no, we're, we're in Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, and I'm know, in Arkansas. Uh, <laughs> well, and, okay, Grand, we are, we are, and I'm in Arkansas. We are oh, close really? to the border, but we are, we are close to the border. But uh, a lot of people in Winnipeg, Manitoba, do not like the icon very much, and that's a sports thing. We won't get into that now because this is your time. But uh, we have Brandon Meggers, I guess, here. We got uh, five minutes here with uh, our man. Now, uh, you uh, mentioned that your newest book is uh, Cage Crossing, uh, co- uh, coming a historical novel of survival and true love in the New World colonies. Now, would you uh, be willing to send us a few autographs for giveaways for our fans that are listening right now? I tell you, I, I hate to sound like bad like this. If you send me an envelope with your, with your uh, self-address returned, I'll send you how many did you want. Well, uh, if you could uh, sign one to the icon so I can add it to my man cave collection and then four others, we'd be, we'd be grateful for that. Oh, okay, so send me a self-addressed envelope, and I'll send you five, five uh, photographs, and I'll sign all of them. How's that? Okay, you all right. Address, and then what right? I did was, uh, yeah, the number that you're calling from is your cell phone, right? So what I did was I sent my, uh, I sent my information. I'll call you. Uh, I know you don't <laughs> like it when I call you, but I'll call you at the end of the show, and then we'll work all that out for you, okay? Yeah, I told you I'm an old man. I only have a landline. Okay, all right. Well, then, uh, don't have a cell. It's the same thing. So uh, you'll, you'll get a message. This this is a message from a cell phone. Here it is. Uh, anyway, so real quick here so we can do this. If our fans want to check you out, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? 
Uh, I just have, I guess I could send you, I don't, I just did a video about me talking uh, that I could send you a YouTube thing about that. I don't know how we would do that. It's on YouTube. You can look at Brandon Maggart uh, on YouTube, and I just posted it about me, me talking and telling about uh, my case crossing. Okay? Well, I'll tell you YouTube. what, here's what I'll Brandon do. I will, on YouTube. I will find you on YouTube, and I'll post that link on uh, our page for you so people can uh, check to see how handsome you are because you're better looking than the rest of us. Well, not maybe Granny, but you're definitely better looking than me and Matthias anyway. Well, listen, it's great talking to you guys. I, I was I was all set to be barraged with, <laughs> you're talking about beating somebody up with golf clubs right before. I don't know what that was. Well, uh, M- Matthias, uh, you know, like I say, he's a heel wrestler, and uh, he had a match this weekend where he got pile-drived on a whole bunch of toy soldiers. And, uh, uh, yeah, but... Oh, he, uh, he, he hurt? he's hurt? Yeah, he is a little bit. Uh, his pride is anyway because he got beat up by a toy soldier. Well, he he still has to be a great athlete to do do all those falls and over the over the ropes into the audience and on tabletops and everything. You got that, that takes some uh, uh, agility and strength and endurance to do that. Geez, this one guy has showed me more respect in like the past thirty minutes than you guys have ever shown me on this show. Wow, okay. Well, I like this guy. <laughs> All right, you guys well, are good, uh, too. I like talking with you. Well, I'll tell you what, we do appreciate you joining us tonight, and uh, if we didn't uh, scare you away too much, we'd love to have you back on again, and uh, we we love you. We appreciate everything you do, and you're awesome. Thank you for being with us tonight. Hey, Granny. Granny. Yes. Bye, yes. sweet baby. Bye. I'll be thinking about you. All right, well, Matthias. <laughs> Matthias, take care of yourself, boy. Yeah, you too, big guy. Thank you. All right, okay. Brandon Maggot's our I... guest there. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. It looks like okay. our next guest. It looks like our next guest is waiting wings. I'm going to try and do this real quick. Hopefully, this will work, and then we can get to our guest. You're listening to 89.1 Ken's FM, KNNZ FM, Holly Fargo Moorhead, independent public radio for Fargo Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. All right. Well, at least got the uh, legal ID fired, so that's uh, the main thing. So, ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, she is the lady of the MMA that uh, Mr. Mathias said that he could take in a competition. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the one and only, the greatest in the history of MMA. She is the Black Widow. <laughs> hey, how are you? This is Jessica Borga, the Black Widow. You're listening to the Attitude Error, Monday Live Monday on 89.1 Kim's FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Hulkster, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. So how should we refer to you, Mrs. Borga, Jessica, Mrs. Black Widow? How would you like us to address you? Any of them are fine, but Jessica's fine. Okay, all right. Well, I will uh, I will refer to you as uh, uh, Jessica because uh, you know that's that's cool. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll uh, go to uh, we'll go to uh, big uh, not big swing. We'll go to uh, uh, Matthias here in a little bit, and uh, we'll. I have him issue that challenge here in a little bit, but I want to uh, do a few minutes with you first. 
Uh, so first off, if you want to give us a little background about yourself, and then we'll uh, have fun with the interview here. All right, sounds good. Um, I actually got started in MMA about eight years ago, uh, so it's actually been pretty a short career. I didn't really have a background in anything, really. I just like to fight, so um, I just gun-hoed it until now, pretty much. I'm trying to get every avenue and get as much in as I can. All right, and uh, with uh, when you uh, decided to uh, get into MMA, were you, were you like watching it on TV? Were you a fan, or did someone say, "Hey, you know what? You could take that gal out"? Uh, how did that come about? Then I actually, uh, I actually never watched it. Um, I mean, here and there I would, um, but I wasn't like you know addicted to watching it or. Uh, I've always been into fighting, and I've always loved fighting. I got in a lot of trouble growing up. <laughs> Uh, so I've always been into just doing it. So uh, I'm guessing you had like what five or six brothers then? Is that right? Yeah, everyone expects that, but I actually had two sisters that are nothing like me. <laughs> so uh, did uh, did they pick on you and then you fought back, or how was that? No, they were actually very good. They never got in trouble. Um, I was definitely the black sheep. Uh, we were we were total polar opposites. <laughs> Uh, The Black Widow's our guest here, and we're on 89.1 Ken's FM. we got about uh, 28 minutes with uh, uh, the champion here. So now when you you stepped in uh, and you had your first match, uh, who was it uh, it with, and uh, uh, how did did that match go? Uh, It's actually funny. Uh, It was (laughs) six and a half years ago, I believe, or actually maybe seven now as my first amateur fight. I honestly don't remember her name, and she quit after that. Um, I knocked her out. Because you beat her badly. Yeah, it was less than 10 seconds. It was my fastest knockout. And uh, then after from, from that uh, from that match on, uh, and, you know, you mentioned how, how fast the match went, uh, were then uh, people like, uh, did people come up and say, "Hey, now you got to go fight this person. You can fight this person, this and that," or how did that uh, how did that uh, transpire after that? I actually had another feat, uh, another fight three weeks after that, and there's always going to be the people that are like, "Oh yeah, you should fight this person. You should you know fight that person." There's always the ones that have something to say, <laughs> but it was uh, three weeks after that, and I won by knockout again on the first round. So how how do you think you'd uh... Uh, one of our fans is uh, in the chat room asking, how do you think you'd fare against uh, uh, Rhonda? Uh, Rhonda Rousey? Uh, she's definitely, yeah. I mean, you know, she does WWE now, so she's not really in, you know, in fighting as much. Um, but she definitely is a veteran in the sport, and I would be honored just to fight her. But um, I would give her a run for her money. Uh, <laughs> she's definitely a veteran in the sport, though, so I'm not, I would not underestimate her at all. Well, I'll tell you what. There is there is one person in the WWE we would like you to take out, and that's uh, would be Triple H. That's just me. But uh, we have the Black yeah. Widows, I guess, here on eighty nine point one Kent FM. Uh, uh, we're gonna do a roundtable. I'm gonna then I'll come back and ask you the tougher question. But uh, Granny, I know that uh, you always thought about uh, becoming an MMA fighter. What do you have for our guest, the Black Widow? Go ahead. Well. 
First of all, welcome to the show. And I know I would not want to be an MMA fighter. I don't watch a lot of MMA. I I watch wrestling a lot more. I mean, I've seen some MMA fights, but you know, I I prefer the wrestling over the MMA. But you know, hey, everybody has their own likes and dislikes. But uh, what has been one of your most hardest matches you've had in your career? Oh, that's an easy one, actually. Um, I fought three rounds with two fractures in my nose and a broke jaw. Um, so oh, wow. I, and I hit it from my corners. Um, this fight in particular, we were the main event in Tennessee, and I want to say it was like my second pro fight. And uh, the girl that I was fighting was under a different name for college wrestling, so we had no idea she had college wrestling. And if anyone knows the sport, like college wrestling, if you're a college wrestler, that's amazing. Um, that's really good, and that means you're really good. Um, usually, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but uh, it was a very tough fight, and I fought all rounds and hit it from my corner that I had a broke jaw and two fractures in my nose was pretty obvious. But Wow. And, I didn't. I didn't win that fight, but it was. It was definitely my toughest. <laughs> it sounds like it. Uh, the Black yes. Widows, I guess, are on. We're on eighty-nine point one Kansas FM. We got uh, twenty-four minutes here, and I, I wish we were twenty-four years because I do have a lot of questions. But uh, I know that uh, your last match. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Was on uh, almost a year ago, October first, twenty twenty-one, against uh, Leah Mc, uh, McCourt. And uh, you did lose that by a decision because the judges weren't watching. Uh, they were watching a different match on a pocket TV. I thought you should have won that match. But uh, your next match uh, that I'd like to book you with is with the Modern Nightmare Matthias because he said he could probably uh, have a good match with you. So, Matthias, uh, go ahead. What do you think about that? Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, uh, the current reigning EWI Diamond and APW World Heavyweight Champion, the modern nightmare Matthias. Not here. that he's bragging or anything. Uh, nope, definitely not yeah. bragging at all. Uh, welcome <laughs> on to the show. I guess Icon is trying to set me up uh, with you in a fight, so I guess, you know, the more the merry. I'm always willing to defend uh, either one of my championships whenever I need to. Uh, but my main question to you would be, besides me, of course, what is one dream opponent uh, you would like to have in – well, I have two questions. First off, besides me, what is one of your dream opponents you wish you could have later on in your career? And number two, what is one of the uh, hardest things you've ever had to go through while uh, training to fight or fighting in general? You can't say me because I'll promise to stop calling you at 2 in the morning, okay? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so the hardest thing – hmm. The dream, okay, let me answer the dream fight would probably be Cyborg, just because she was, um, you know, the champion in that weight class. Um, anyone who's the champion, I want to go against. So it, it would be an honor to go with, the, you know, a veteran in the sport like that. Um, now do I think that she would probably, you know, <laughs> end up winning right now? Yes, because there are levels to this sport, and she has definitely been in the sport a long time. But the hardest Mm, probably uh, going through the things that people don't see behind the scenes. Um, you know, I had someone that was very, very close to me, actually right before the last two fights um, pass away. And going through fight camp and going through the mental battles is never easy. 
Uh, we have uh, the Black Widows, I guess, here on 89.1 Kent FM. Sorry about that. Uh, we got about uh, 22 minutes here uh, with uh, the Black Widow. So now when you um, – uh, I, 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 you know, I, I, I kind of know how you got your nickname because you're you're definitely unstoppable, but uh, was that was that a name given to you by your coach or was that uh, something that a fan suggested or how did your name come about? Yes, actually, um, my coach came up with it. He wasn't. He does not allow us to name ourselves. <laughs> I wanted a different name. I actually hated it at first, and I didn't actually ask him for a year after why he named me the Black Widow, <laughs> and I thought it was a tattoo on the back of my neck was a Black Widow. So I just assumed that that you know maybe that's where he got the idea, but I found out a year later it's because you know I'm the only girl in my gym, and I'm a blonde chick that walked into the gym, and I'm always underestimated. And I'm always handling the guys. So he's like, no, you're just destroying the guys. So that's where he got it from. <laughs> that's awesome. And uh, I'll also remind you, uh, PG language, I know that uh, you are the Black Widow, but, uh, you know, uh, anyway. Uh, now, uh, one thing that I've uh, noticed, uh, you guys, is uh, that she is uh, currently ranked 25th uh, in worldwide ranking. And uh, she's ranked uh, fifth in New England, ninth in the U.S. Northeast. Uh, uh, you know, she's got a pretty high ranking. But uh, one thing I want to know is uh, when is – do you have a fight scheduled coming up that we could talk about? And who might it be about? Or I am hoping for some news with Bare Knuckle. Um, there are some talk about that. So I am hoping for some news soon on that. <laughs> I can't so, say much uh, you know, it. well, let me ask you this though. Uh, you know, uh, you know, we had, and we won't get into it too much, but you know, we had COVID in 2020, uh, and I'm sure that uh, that kind of put uh, a lot of uh, pressure on your sport. Uh, how did that affect you uh, in your in your sport? Say that one more time. I'm sorry, it cut out a little bit. Well, how, how did uh, COVID affect uh, how did how did COVID affect uh, your MMA fighting uh, in 2020 when we had it? It was insane. Um, the first fight, it was three years off. First off, and no one likes to be out of the cage in three years, so uh, that was really bad. The first fight that I had coming back was, you know, no crowd, and I feed off the crowd. I love a crowd. Uh, I love a good crowd, <laughs> and it was like crickets in there. Um, the first time I can actually hear my coaches in the corner. <laughs> so, and usually it's not easy to do that. So it, it, it was um, definitely a new thing to get used to, and it was very stressful. Hey, you know, Matthias, you know, she mentioned uh, there was nobody in the crowd uh, for her, for her one of her matches, uh, and she, she said you could hear crickets. That kind of sounds like uh, when Sylvester J. Fox comes to the ring, doesn't it? No, actually, when uh, when me and Sylvester J. Fox and the system entered the ring uh, just last Saturday, there was a uh, very loud wave of cheers and boos that happened when we walked out there because, you know, every time we go out there, we're going to get a reaction no matter what it is because, again, we are the best that North Dakota and the Midwest has to offer. You know, and uh, as the uh, as Black Widow, I'm just kind of curious. Now, you know, uh, you, you know, in wrestling they have you know heels and baby faces. In MMA, it's not really heel and baby face; it's more like liked and disliked. Uh, how yeah. would you say that you're perceived by the fans? Oh man, uh, I am usually the underdog, so I'm always I have always gone to them, and I've always taken hard fights. So I'm always the one that's coming in that's usually booed. <laughs> 
and I actually feed off of that. So um, I don't mind being the one that's the underdog. Um, but, you know, I have a crowd that likes me and a crowd that, that, that doesn't. <laughs> so because I am definitely uh, my own ca- character. So <laughs> I'm the bad guy. So now – well, no, so if, so as as a bad guy, if you come to the ring and someone uh, boos you, the whole crowd is booing you. Does that does that uh, kind of like, you know, you mentioned feed out the crowd. Does that make you does that make you more vicious to knock out your opponent because of that? Oh yeah, I want to prove them wrong. It fuels my and, fire. And uh, you know, with uh, with some of your you know your opponents uh, and, and your victories and. Uh, you know some of the ones that uh, matches that you've uh, you've lost were uh, mostly by decision. But uh, when you lose a match by decision, uh, and then you go back and watch the match with your coach, are you like, are you kidding me? How did I lose that match? Has that ever happened? Uh, no, honestly, and um, there's always been reasons. Uh, I I am really hard on myself, so no matter even if I win, I still look back on that fight and I see everything I did wrong. So I always want to get better, and I'm probably too hard on myself, but I feel like that's what makes me, you know, get better faster. So <laughs> I uh, I see what I did wrong, and I just want to fix it. So when you're when you're preparing for a uh, a bout, uh, do you do you and your coach study uh, a lot of tape on your last match, and then like your opponent's last two or three matches? What kind of preparation do you have when you go into a fight with an opponent? I actually hate watching anything on my opponents. Um, I want my, you know, my coach usually does that for me. Um, and he comes up with a game plan and, you know, that's where we, you know, we'll do that kind of stuff. But he will do it all on his own. I don't like really watching my opponent. I like to stay focused on what I'm fixing and what the game plan is. So with, with that with that being said then, uh your your training regiment then I mean you mentioned you don't uh, like to watch videos and all that, but what kind of training regiment do you have? Are you like hitting the gym at five in the morning and then uh, uh, bench pressing like five hundred pounds and go have a couple raw eggs and go back and do some bench presses and sit ups and what what kind of training regiment do you have? Usually six hundred pounds, but no, I, no, I, it's different for like every fight. To be honest with you, um, it depends on who I'm going against. It depends on where I'm fighting. Like my last fight was in London, uh, so the time change was different. So we actually trained a little bit later. Uh, you know, multiple times a day when it gets closer to the fight, we are picking up you know co- more cardio. Um, it just depends on who I'm fighting and how I'm training. But usually it's multiple times a day, and it's usually at least five six days a week. Uh, you know, you still need the recovery days. So it's a lot of preparation. It's a lot of hard work, and it's not for the the meek. <laughs> well, you know, uh, we have a we have a fan in our, our chat room that's asking a question like, uh, you know, you have to have uh, weigh-ins. You, you guys still do that, right, weigh-ins? Yes. Now, is there um, – <clears throat> you obviously uh, don't want to uh, wear a lot of uh, – how can I put that? You, you, you don't want to wear a lot of bulky clothes because, you know, that, that adds to your weight. But uh, is there, like, a, a rule uh, of what uh, what weight you have to stay within to to stay in the class of your opponent? Take us through that a little bit. So there for different promotions, there are certain rules. Um, like for Bellator, uh, there was you're not allowed to be, I want to say, 10 pounds over or 15 pounds over uh, what weight you weighed in at. 
So, I mean, there is a little, little leeway there, but when you're actually weighing in, you only have a pound allowance. So that day. But the next day, oh, people can weigh quite a bit more. So now, so how how do you how do you prepare for that? You just like not eat. Do you uh, like uh, just do a lot of uh, a lot of cardio? Uh, uh, how do you how do you maintain that so you don't go over the limit? Weight cutting is definitely hard. I used to fight at 125, and now I fight at 145 because 145 is what I walk around. So I don't have to cut weight. It was very hard to cut weight. It also depends on how much time you have to cut weight. And it is brutal because, yes, sometimes if you had less time, you would have to do it the wrong way, which is starving yourself and dehydrating to the point of death, <laughs> which is most of most of my losses. And most of the time when I step in the cage, not me, is bad weight cuts, bad, you know, you know I, I felt horrible. Uh, the Black Widows, I guess, here on 89.1 Kansas FM. we got uh, about uh, 12 minutes here with uh, the Black Widow. And uh, for those of you who are listening, uh, regular listeners, if you go to our Facebook page, Adagiera, Monday Live Money, like that, uh, go to 89.1 Kansas FM page, like that, do a $5 or $10 a month uh, donation to Power of the Tower. We'll get you qualified to win an autograph from a past guest, current guest, or a future guest. Uh, now, Jessica, would you be willing to send us a few for giveaways? Absolutely. All right, I will uh, I will text you the address uh, where to send that, and we would appreciate what you do. Uh, now, one uh, fight I want to ask you about, where you were kind of like a you did a little tag team um, uh, uh, on Showtime. Uh, could you how how did that match come about? Uh, you and the court. I actually watched that fight on Showtime. I love that. No, uh, my last fight. Right. Yes. Uh, so that was actually. I, honestly, we were the main event, and it was my pro debut um, on the main card for Bellator. And I only I only got that because she was real big over in the U.K. So um, we had pretty good time to actually prep for that fight, too. But the one thing that we didn't plan for was on her record, it said, or, you know, it says and everything, and it said that she was five, I want to say five eight. She's actually 5'11". When we got there, we found out how, you know, and that all comes into play, you know, when you're prepping for the fight and stuff like that. But regardless, I still lost by decision. I did almost finish her in the first round a few times. <laughs> but, I, you know, she did just enough to stay away the last two rounds, and she won by points, so she played safe. Well, you know, then with that, my question then, with that being said, then uh, because they had the wrong height, can't you like put that under, under protest because uh, they the height was not correct? Um, I, I I doubt that they would do anything about it. To be honest, um, I mean they, they might change it in the system, but other than that, I mean, regardless, I know I could have I could have beat her, and I didn't do enough, so. That that's on me. <laughs> now, do you uh, do you plan on uh, trying to get a rematch with uh, her or not? Oh, I would love to. Anyone I've ever lost against, I would love to fight again. And uh, for the what, girls. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, sir. Sorry, except for the girls at one twenty-five. <laughs> now, when you um, when uh, you know, you mentioned that you'd like to have another crack at. Uh, uh, those that you lost to, uh, have you ever fought anybody more than once? 
I actually have not. Uh, I was supposed to have one rematch, but it never happened. So I have actually never fought someone twice. And when you, uh, you know, and I know that uh, you're not supposed to ask uh, ask questions like this to the to ladies, but uh, what <laughs> is? Uh, I know I know you're five seven, but what is your uh, what is your weigh in weight? One forty five featherweight. So, and I actually walk around really close to that at the most one fifty usually. So I don't have to cut weight, and I'm much more. I'm better in the fight when I don't have to cut weight. So it works better for me. And uh, uh, you guys, she does have a birthday coming up. Uh, I know it's, uh, as a matter of fact, it's uh, um, three months from to yesterday. Uh, she has a birthday on December 18th, and we want to wish you an early happy birthday. I know it's three months away, but uh, no, what, that- um, <laughs> is that not right? No, no thank you. <laughs> All right. Because uh, I was going to say, it's like uh, if uh, your birthday's not on December, uh, birthday's not on December 18th, I'm going to fire the producer because he's the one who gave me that information. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are right. <laughs> and uh, what? Um, how often are you uh, w- with with your coach uh, during the week when you're training? I see them, I, my coaches and my team. I see them more than I see my family. Um, usually, well, you know, twice a day. And I go to different gyms, so um, I have a boxing coach and, you know, I have an MMA coach. I have a strength and conditioning coach. <laughs> so I'm all over the place all the time. So with with, uh, with uh, the different coaches that you have for this and for that, uh, do they uh, do they ever uh, – are they always telling you, okay, you need to do this, you need to do this, don't do that, don't do that? Is, does that happen quite a bit, I, I would guess? Oh. All the time. <laughs> they pretty much tell me what I need to do, eat, uh, <laughs> how much I need to sleep. So, well, let me. Well, let's talk about that then. You know, you mentioned they uh, they tell you what you need to eat. What kind of uh, what kind of diet uh, do you live on right now? Well, I do train a lot, so I actually eat more than you know. You're supposed to eat more than you would think. Um, so, actually, my nutritionist is really good about uh, making sure I get enough food to fuel me for my training. So just eating clean, um, you know, I don't, I don't eat anything really specific. I mean, you know, I don't cut out carbs. Um, that's what people do that is really stupid, actually, <laughs> especially if you're training a lot. You need that fuel. So um, just eating clean, really, not eating the processed, you know, sugar. <laughs> so so it's not like you're you're eating like, uh, like a salad a day and uh, – drinking a couple raw eggs or uh, having a lot of fruits and vegetables. It's just basically eat what you want, but you have to be careful what you eat, right? But, but you're not going to, like, the McDonald's drive through at, at 12 o'clock in the afternoon to get, like, a Big Mac meal, right? Right. No, definitely. Um, I barely ever eat fast food. And if I do, it's like Subway fast food. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't eat salads only. There's, you know, none of that. Just eating healthy, and I count my macros. Your what? Macros. So, uh, counting how much protein and how much carbs and how much fats that I eat daily. And uh, what uh, what what is your limit or max? I should say. I have to eat at least 150 um, of protein and 150 of carbs a day, and my fats are lower. It's about 55 to 60. Great. So are you are you 
are you eating more food that's high in protein, like meats, or are you drinking, like, protein shakes? Uh, depending if I need to get it in, um, I usually try to eat clean uh, and not the, the fake, which is, like, the protein shakes and stuff. But if I'm on the run, I will I will do that, whatever I can do to get it in. See, now, Matthias, you can learn something from that. I mean, she's eating protein and stuff, and uh, you train by eating a large pizza. Actually, I do the <laughs> carnivore where I eat nothing but meat. So, I mean, that works, too. I mean, I like who doesn't like a large pizza every now and again or a big burrito or, you know, a 12-foot-long sandwich or, you know, I just eat whatever gets put in front of me. <laughs> I like my cheap meals. <laughs> so, but, uh, so, uh, you, so I, I'm just kind of curious because I, 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 you know, you guys are both at, more athletic than me, uh, but, uh, and I, I know I couldn't uh, go without having McDonald's or whatever, but uh, you, you obviously don't uh, do, you said you don't do fast food, but uh, do you ever, do you ever cheat at all? Oh, yeah. I love food. That's why I went up from 125 to 135 to 145 weight class. I, I am definitely human when it comes to that. Um, you know, and I have, I have one, one child of my own and two stepkids. So, you know, they, they eat food too. So I'll have a meal with them here and there. Um, but I, there's certain foods that I will cheat with. Um, like if I eat pizza, I love pizza. But if I eat it, I feel like absolute garbage. <laughs> you know, and uh, for those of you who uh, uh, want to look with, uh, like uh, what Jessica looks like, I mean, she has got she has got a six pack uh, abs, and I mean, she is just uh, you know just amazing. Like me and Matthias, we have beer kegs. You have a six pack, so uh, you know, being. Uh, <laughs> Being Let's in, speak for ourselves there, Icon. Look, hey, Matthias, <laughs> you do not have a six-pack. Don't tell me you do. You at least have a case anyway. Uh, I mean, okay, I'll take a – instead of, a, like, a full-on keg, give me a 12-pack. You know, maybe, maybe a 24, maybe a, maybe a little bud case. I'm okay with that. But I ain't no keg arena over here. Uh, and – you know, uh, uh, Jessica. You know, Granny. She she's in pretty good shape too. I mean, she's got stone wash abs. More like oh, flaps. Awesome. <laughs> no, I don't, Icon. Don't lie to her. <laughs> well, I was I was I was I was trying to I was trying to build you up, but anyway. Uh, I we know, have, like, but I mean, I I I know I'm my health is <laughs> not the best. So I mean, I just uh, I do what I can to just try to keep myself healthy, but. Uh, no, I'm no. Have, uh, I I don't exercise. <laughs> we have Jessica. We have Jessica the Blackbird Morgan as our guest here. We got about uh, three minutes here with Jessica. Uh, real quick here, then Jessica, if our fans want to check you out, see, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, uh, a DVD collection. What do you got? I have pretty much everything, and most of it you can find me uh, Jessica the Black Widow Borga or just Black Widow Borga, um, but. I have multiple TikTok accounts, so uh, <laughs> and there's different names, but usually just because the Black Widow Borga is all my social media. And uh, uh, re- real quick here, I do got to ask this ego question because I forgot the last guest. Uh, you know, the icon made you a cool little collector's car. What did you think of that? Oh, I loved it. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. It, you know, it means a lot to me. And uh, you know, I showed that picture of Matthias. He's like. Uh, you know, I'll tell you what, that's probably what happened to me. I mean, uh, you could probably knock him out in, like, 
don't know, maybe 45 seconds, maybe. At least, <laughs> maybe. at least give me a minute over here. Like, come on, you're, you're not giving me enough credit over here. Okay, I'll give you 63 seconds. She could take you, man. That's perfect. All right, I'll take 63 <laughs> seconds. And uh, uh, Jessica, if you, if you ever need if you ever need a bodyguard, uh, you have my number. I'm willing to I'm willing to come and do that for you. Because like I tell everybody, you know, <laughs> I could uh, stop a bullet at one time. You know? <laughs> but I'll tell you what, Jessica, you you are awesome. If you could send us those autographs, we'd appreciate it. And I promise I'll stop calling you at two in the morning because now I know how tough you really are. And uh, we do appreciate everything you do. Thank you for being with us. We appreciate it. Well, thanks, so Jessica. Much. Thank you, Vaz. Thanks, Jessica. I've... All right. All right. Uh, the Black Widow, ladies and gentlemen, looks like our next guest is ready to go. Uh, we're going to try this uh, real quick here, and uh, we'll be back after these messages, and uh, uh, then we'll be good to go. Give us a, about 30 seconds. Or not. Okay. I do not know what's going on with this computer, but uh, that's the uh, that's the beauty of live radio, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Speaking of that, stepping out of the green room, walking down the aisle. This is the main man in Hollywood. He is the man that wants to hire me on his next project, I hope. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Len J. Phillips. Hey, how you doing, Scott? Good. Well, I, the name is Icon. Good. I don't know who the Scott guy is, but but uh, it's Icon. But okay, uh, so how you doing, Lynn? Okay, good. So okay, so you're listening to the Attitude uh, Era Monday Live Monday on eighty nine point one Ken's FM with your host, the Icon, the Big Swing, the Godmother of Wrestling, Granny Holster, and the Modern Nightmare, Matthias. There we go. Thought I'd do the awesome. introduction with that. Perfect. You, 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 you got the perfect voice for doing that. How are you, sir? Good to have you with us. Doing well. You know, uh, busy with the movies, and, uh, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, I, I just can't wait to get uh, Tales in the Dead Zone uh, completed and then, of course, released. Um, we're still in post-production, and, yeah, it's looking it's looking great, you know. Um, and then I've got some other films that I'm working on, it's just, yeah, at busy times, busy times, that's for sure. And we're definitely going to talk about uh, your projects, but uh, before we do that, if you want to give us a uh, – we have Lindy J. Phillips, I guess, here on 89.1 Ken's FM. we got 38 minutes. We're here with our boy. Uh, if you uh, give us a little background about yourself, then I'll ask you a few questions. Then we'll do a roundtable, and I'll ask you a tougher questions, and I'll beg for a job on your next project. No problem. Okay. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, go ahead, uh, ask me some questions, and then we'll go from there. How's that sound? Well, uh, I was going to have you give us a background about yourself, then we can ask you the questions. Okay, all right, uh, sure, no problem. Okay, yeah, so, I mean, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm uh, you know, an actor here from Canada. Um, you know, I've been, uh, you know, putting in my time. Um, it's, uh, it's been great. I've been working on some different indie films uh, up here in Canada, actually around my home city. I just finished another indie film here, feature film, drama. We wrapped that up here about two weeks ago. Uh, so I'm looking forward to getting that done. Uh, yeah, it's just been, uh, you know, and I also, of course, I, I work with, uh, I have an agent of Calgary, Alberta. That's, of course, where the hitman uh, lives. 
Brett, Brett Hart. And, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I, I uh, picked up some, uh, you know, some, uh, some, some work through uh, my agent, and you just never know what's going to happen to the next door, you know. Uh, it's just, uh, it's been great. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's been fantastic, you know. And I'm, and I'm just keep going, you know. And I just never know what next door is going to open up. Uh, that's the you know, exciting and- part. That's you know, and the cool thing is, being being from Alberta, uh, there's a term that uh, here in North Dakota during our winter uh, that you guys send us. They're called Alberta Clippers. Uh, could you keep those up there from now on? Just don't send them over here. Sure, no, pr- no problem. We'll keep the, <laughs> we'll keep those Clippers here. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, uh, Lindsay yeah. Phillips is our guest here. We're on 89.1 Kent FM. So I'm gonna we're gonna talk a lot about uh, your current projects. You got uh, you got one project that you, that's been announced, Horror by Midnight, and you have uh, uh, four films in uh, post production: uh, Marking for Murder, Ties That Bind, Tales from the Dead Zone, and Amityville uh, Bigfoot. Uh, now, mm-hmm. with all these different projects going on, are you? Uh, are you uh, like on set at one for like a week, and then you go to the next one, uh, or do you like finish uh, filming most of your stuff on one, and then go to the other, go work on that, go to the next? Take us kind of through what kind of schedule that is with all these different films in post production as uh, as you were making them. Okay, so for example, like when I was doing, say, uh, um, the uh, the uh, the Bigfoot, Amityville Bigfoot, that's being filmed down in uh, down in the states in, in L.A. area, and uh, my my footage was actually done here, right here in my home city. Uh, so you know, we did that, and then I do the uh, if I'm doing another indie film, say around uh, my hometown here, my home city, um, like the one I just finished here, uh, we wrapped that up. Uh, I, again, about two weeks ago. So it, it all depends on the project. You know, um, I could be working on a uh, film sometimes from, say, uh, two weeks up to four weeks. It all depends on, on the project. Yes. Yeah. So. And uh, uh, the, the one thing I want to ask you about, um, and then we'll do a roundtable, and we'll uh because uh, I want to introduce you to our, our, our horror film uh, big fan here, but uh, Avenueville Bigfoot, you know, on our show, we've had a couple people that you might know, uh, Sean Phillips and Julianne Prescott. Uh, okay, Sean, yep, the director, yep, yeah, I have not met him, but uh, yeah, of course, Sean, yep, you bet you, yep, yep. And yeah, uh, so you know Julianne Prescott, film. right? Yes, yes, yeah. Again, I never met her, but uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, again my my stuff that I, that I did here in uh, in Canada, you know that was done like I said down here, and then uh, when they do their uh, post production, they put it all together, right? So, yeah. right. And uh, you know, uh, I really want to talk a lot about Tales from the Dead Zone because uh, hopefully, uh, uh, you know, you can maybe get in, uh, get us in uh, touch with one of uh, one of the actors that we would really like to talk to. As a matter of fact, this company used to sponsor our show. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, uh, Granny, uh, I know that uh, you love uh, the uh, the horror film. So what do you have for our guest, Lenny J. Phillips? Go ahead. Well, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on. What is Thank your you. most favorite uh, favorite movie that you've been a part of or that you've done out of all the movies that you've been a part of? What's your... What's been your favorite storyline, I guess, so to speak? 
Well, I would say that have to be tails in the dead zone um, because we, you know, it's uh, we started this back in about about five years ago mm-hmm. now, and it's just been an absolute uh, amazing, uh, you know, film that uh, that we're doing here, the feature horror film, and uh, it's just been, yeah, I I, I I can't wait to get it done and uh, get it out to the world, and uh, yeah, it's 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 something else, that's for sure. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. And, of course, the director that's is Barry awesome. J. Gillis, and this is his fifth feature film. So, yeah, so it's, it's, awesome. it's, looking, it's looking grand, absolutely, yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Lynn J. Phillips, I guess you're on 89.1 Kens FM, and we got about uh, 33 minutes. Now I want to introduce you, uh, Lynn, to our, our horror film guru, uh, Matthias, he's also a, a, a great, uh, gifted and uh, talented wrestler, but his passion is horror films. So, uh, Matthias, what do you have for a guest? Go ahead. Yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, the current reigning, defending, undisputed EWI Diamond and APW World's Heavyweight Champion. How's it going, man? Um, I guess one of my main questions for you would be, because Granny kind of took mine, uh, what was one of your main influences uh, that made you want to start the career that you did, and what got you into doing horror films? Okay, well, it all started with me with the uh, with the lovely <laughs> with the great pro wrestling. Uh, you know, I uh, grew up as a kid uh, watching the Stampede Wrestling. Uh, you know, uh, I, that just fascinated me. Um, and then, you know, I'm looking around and I'm going, well, at the time, because of my size, I, I couldn't be an actual worker, a wrestler. So I'm like, well, what else could I do? Hmm, maybe I could be a referee. Okay, so I, I tried some refing and I thought, ah, I don't think that's, ah, I don't think that's going to work for me. So then I'm looking at a bigger picture and I'm going, hmm, I'm looking at these managers and I'm going, hmm, you know what? Ah, it's something that interests me is being a manager. So, you know, lo and behold, LJ was formed uh my uh, heel manager and uh you know uh, it's been just one hell of a ride with lj actually lj's in the movie tales in the dead zone and uh yeah it's been one hell of a ride and uh you know this uh this lj character has uh, has been around uh worked with uh, roddy roddy piper in 2010 up in calgary uh worked with uh, kevin nash uh you know it's just been an amazing journey absolutely for lj yes and to the horror, well, I've always been, I've always been uh, intrigued with horror films. Uh, as a kid, I, I, I just, you know, grew up with them and uh, fell in love with the horror. And uh, now I'm doing my first horror, horror film. So uh, it's, just, it's, just been one, it's just been an amazing ride. Amazing. That's awesome. Uh, Len J. Phillips is our guest here. LJ, uh, LJP is our guest here. And uh, I want to smell... Uh, you know, a good uh, chunk of time you're talking about Tales from the Dead Zone. Uh, first off, uh, for those fans that uh, are, are not familiar with the film, which we're going to talk about now, it stars Bret Hart and Corey Feldman. And uh, you know what's interesting, uh, Matthias and Granny, uh, on the movie poster you actually have Bret Hart holding a gun and pointing it at you. Uh, so tell me, how did you uh, get Bret Hart to uh, do the film? Did you tell him that uh, uh, he might get a shot at Vince McMahon? How did you uh, wrap Bret Hart up for the film? Well, that was that was all uh, that was all through uh, Barry J. Gillis, the director. Uh, you know, he uh, you know he wanted Bret Hart in the movie, and we got him. 
and uh, yeah, he uh, he actually had this uh, this amazing character uh, for the uh, for the movie, and uh, you know Brett uh, Brett liked it, and uh, you know what? I'll just say the rest was history, you know. And we were very uh, very uh, fortunate and very um, um, lucky to get Brett the Hitman Hart in our movie, you know, and and, and we got him, we got him. And yeah. what, uh, what what was it like working with uh, Brett? Oh, I'll never forget it. Uh, working on set with Brett was just like uh, <laughs> I had to, you know, I had to pinch myself a few times to say, "Is this actually happening?" You know, it's like, "Well, I'm working with with Brett, you know, the hitman here," uh, and it was just like, "Wow!" It was, you know what? And I told Brett, I mean, he's got it. He's just a class act performer. Um, he's up there with the A-list actors. I told Brad, I says, Brad, I can see you down the road, man, in a big, in a big movie, uh, you know, uh, in Hollywood, because I said, man, you got it. I mean, you know, of course he, he had it with the WWF, now WWE. Um, but I mean, he is an actual great performer and, and a terrific, terrific actor. He's got it. He brings it to the table. He definitely does. Now, with uh, with uh, this movie, uh, you know, you mentioned it, it's taken five year, years to get it done. Was it uh, what what would cause a lot of the hiccups uh, during the production of this? Well, uh, you know, it's just one of those. Uh, it's just one of those. Uh, it's timing. It's uh, it's just uh, you know, you got to remember we're we're indie filmmakers down here. We're not Hollywood, so I mean, uh, you know, we 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 can only do what we can do. Um, we'd love to have the movie out, say, today, but that's, you know, we're still in post-production. It's, you know, it's, it's looking good. Uh, it's just a matter of just finishing it up and uh, getting it out there, you know. So, yeah, it's, uh, and it's been one hell, of a, one hell of a ride, I'll tell you. And, you know, with, with, with that being said, you know, you have, you know, you have all these uh, different uh, movies uh, during post-production, uh, that you're involved in, uh, what, how do you keep all that straight? I mean, you have markings of murder on post-production, Ties Head Bind, Tales from the Dead Zone, Amityville Bigfoot. Uh, they're all listed in post-production. Uh, uh, are, are there any close to being finished or any, are any that are finished? Or uh, are you going back and forth to different uh, editing studios to get these all, all taken care of? So some of those other films, like for example, the Amityville Bigfoot, I'm just uh, I'm just the uh, just uh, you know just the actor. I'm not actually involved with any of the uh, say the uh, um, producers or anything of that matter. Um, I just go and do my thing, and I just uh, and the same as the other movies that you mentioned, um, they do their thing, and I do my thing, uh, and that's that's where I that's that's how I. That's how I I, uh, I I do that. You know, I'm not really involved in the actual uh, editing as, as such. Um, I just love to perform, and that's that's what I do. Yes. Well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious. So, dear, uh, when some of these films are in post production, you know, let's say that uh, they uh, you you did a scene like I don't know, maybe like as just an example, like three months ago. And they're trying to edit it together, and they realize that the the line wasn't quite right, or the action wasn't quite right. Have you ever had to go back and do a scene that you thought was complete, but you had to go completely redo it? Well, uh, you know, it, it can happen. Uh, has it happened to me? Um, no, no. We usually, when we do a shoot, we we try to get it done, and it's a wrap. 
and then we don't have to go back and actually refilm um, because post production can do you know can do wonders uh, you know they can change things around the editing and such um, but when it comes to the actual when you're actually on set like for example when I was on set with Brett um, you know we we did our uh, we did our thing and that was it you know it was a wrap and then it goes to it goes to the post production right um, uh, yeah really what I no it has never happened to me not yet it can it happen yes it can happen yes i've heard of that um but uh in most cases with me i've been lucky that way i do my do my work and uh the directors like it and that's it as <laughs> i say that's a wrap <laughs> you, you know yeah. and i do believe uh, uh those are called uh dailies you know yeah you uh your dailies, I guess uh, you watch what you filmed uh, previous. But uh, do you ever, uh, as you're watching this stuff and uh, you're doing the film and everything, uh, does it uh, get hard to like, like during a premiere to like watch the film because you've seen the scenes over and over and over again? Well, I'll tell you. Once we get, the, once we do the world premiere with Tales from the Dead Zone, that's going to be a day. That's going to be one of these days where, you know, you never forget it. It's going to be something that's going to be one of those, uh, one of those unbelievable memories of, of a person's life with, my, with just the experience that I've gone through with the film. And, and it's just going to be, it's going to be absolutely something, uh, I don't know how else to explain it in words, but it's going to be a very uh, um, wonderful, emotional uh, day when that happens. And I just can't wait for that day when it does happen. And, uh, yeah, it's 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 because uh, I know I've heard of other actors um, in the Hollywood sector where they they choose not to watch themselves. They, they have no interest in it. They, they they did their job and that's that's it. You know, uh, do they watch it? Maybe they watch it. Who knows? But when it comes to the world premieres and such, they usually show up and they watch, you know, they do the red carpet and such. Uh, but, uh, yeah. I guess it all depends too on how involved you want to be with with the production, right? With Tales from Dead Zone, I'm all over this. You see, I'm I'm not just an actor; I'm executive producer, and such. So, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's quite uh, quite interesting to say the least. But it's just it's a passion, right? And this is what I love. I love performing. I love doing. I love doing my LJ character. And I love being in, the, in front of the camera, and I love playing my different characters and my roles. So It's just something and, I just, yeah. So do you know what we're looking for for a release date? Uh, at this point, I don't have a date because, again, we're still in post-production. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And, I, I, uh, wish, I wish I could give a date, but I, I, I don't have a date right now. No. And you know, I, I just noticed uh, that uh, you know you got a birthday coming up, December eighteenth. Uh, as a matter of fact, you have the same you share the same birthday as our last two guests. I, I did not plan that, but uh, you uh, you share a birthday with uh, the Black Widow, the MMA fighter, and uh, an author. Uh, so it, it's that's kind of cool that uh, uh, everybody's birthday from the guest night list was uh, on December eighteenth. So uh, I want to wish you an early happy birthday. I know it's a couple months away yet, but. Uh, you know, we want to make sure we send that to you. Oh, thank you, and a, ha- and a happy early birthday to yes to the uh, <laughs> to the others as well. You bet you, absolutely. You bet. So now let's uh, yes. let's kind of talk a little bit about uh, some of the other uh, 
projects that uh, you've been in. Um, uh, mm-hmm. I, I was kind of curious about uh, uh, some of the TV series that uh, you were in, like uh, Winota Earp. Uh, I know that uh, you uh, were in uh, one of the episodes. What, what is the main difference for you for being uh, for doing a big screen compared to like a television show? Oh well, yeah. When I first did my television with uh, with Heartland, they filmed that just outside of Calgary, and yeah, it was uh, yeah, it's it's a different uh, different setting. Um, it's uh, <laughs> it's just it's bigger production. Um, it yeah, it's uh, more cameras, um, way more crew. Uh, yeah, you're in a different world, definitely, especially when you're on a, a huge production like Heartland or Wyona Earp. Uh, when I did. Uh, when I did the uh, Asteroid Hunters, uh, that was filmed uh, in, in Calgary, actually, at the studio there, uh, that was uh, the narrator, actually, is Dizzy, uh, Daisy Ridley uh, for, the, uh, for the IMAX film, and that was absolutely huge. That's probably one of the biggest sets other than Heartland that I've been on with, uh, with that. But uh, the, uh, the one with the Asteroid Hunters, that was actually, uh, that's an IMAX filmed, so that was pretty big, too. Yeah, and uh, Heartland lasted for five seasons. I mean that that just had to be uh, that just had to be a, a fun whirlwind being on a, a show that went for five seasons. You know, uh, in all those episodic uh, TV shows. It's actually still going on as we speak. I believe they're in season fifteen right now, fourteen or fifteen. It, it just it's it keeps going and going. I think it's the longest TV series uh, that's been running in Western in Canada, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Now, now, do yeah, you have any, any plans on uh, going back to doing any more episodes then? Oh yeah, absolutely. I uh, I some I get uh, I get uh, from my agent. I'll be getting uh, different uh, roles and such. And uh, yeah, you just never know. I've uh, you know, hopefully one of these days I will land a role. Uh, you know, for uh, one of the main uh, the main either supporting actor or uh, yeah, that would just be wonderful. You know, um, I just keep I just keep just just uh just keep going you know and you never know what can happen i actually i've i've uh, <clears throat> i've actually got uh, some huge auditions uh one was with yellowstone with kevin costner uh i did an audition with uh, liam neeson they were filming a movie out here uh in alberta then they went to bc i got an aud- audition there i got an audition for another tv series that was being filmed actually in south america so yeah, I mean I, the auditions. Uh, I you know I'm lucky that way where I get the auditions, but uh, just a matter of time before I, I land one of them. You know, I just keep going. I just keep going. Uh, when Jay Phillips is our guest here, we got about 18 minutes with uh, our buddy here, and uh, you know, well, you know, you mentioned all the uh, different uh, auditions that uh, you you've been in. I I've never asked this to an actor before. I, I'm kind of curious when you. Uh, when you go in for the audition, uh, do you, does your manager say, uh, hey, they're looking for uh, a guy of your stature or they're looking for a guy of your look or, uh, you know, they're going to be in your area for uh, tryouts uh, or auditions? Tell us how uh, you find out about the different auditions that you go to. Okay, well, basically I get it through my agent, and then my agent sends it to, to us through Actors Access, and then from there we respond. So, for example, let's, here's an example. Let's just say uh, they're looking for uh, a cowboy, okay, and they're looking for the ages between, say, I don't know, 40 to 60 years old. And uh, it could be any, uh, you know, ethnic, uh, it could be, say, native, or it could be, uh, 
you know, it, it depends on what they're what they're looking for for that role. Okay, so so what you do then is you respond back to your agent and say, yeah, I'm interested in, uh, um, you know, uh, can you submit me for that role? Now what happens is it's a waiting game, and now you see if you get an audition, and that's where it gets exciting because I actually had another audition where I sent my uh, my uh, my reel in, my demo reel, and I sent it to one of the big uh, casting directors down in uh, down to the states there with Disney, and I never got anything back. But it, you know, hey, it was uh, it was another uh, door open, right? You, so you never know what's going to happen. But going back to the uh, so, yeah, you send it in to your agent, and then your agent, well, what they do is they submit it to the uh, casting director, and then if the casting director, yeah, this is what we're looking for, so we want Len J. Phillips, for example, to do this audition for this role, then I get back the, uh, okay, so now most of it is self-tape, because, I mean, years ago they'd fly you down to the studios, they don't, they don't do that too much anymore. So it's mainly self-taping. And you do your you do your self tape audition. You send it back. You either send it to your uh, agent, or you can send it directly to the casting director. Mainly, usually you send it to your agent, and then the agent will forward it back to the direct, uh, casting director. And then, if 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 you if they like your audition, yeah, that's usually when you land the job. Or they can go. They can set up and say, Yeah, okay. Now we want Len J. Phillips to actually come down, and we want to meet this guy. We want to see this guy in person. And then you might have to do another audition. So it all depends on, on, the, on, the, uh, on the size of the project, especially if it's a big Hollywood film. Yes. Uh, Lynn J. Phillips, our guest here on 89.1 Kent FM. And for those of you who uh, listen to our show regularly, if you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday, you like that. Uh, you go to 89.1 Kent FM page, like that. Do a $10 a month donation, Power of the Tower. We'll get you automatically qualified to win a uh, autograph from a past guest, current guest, or future guest. Uh, uh, Len, would you be willing to send us a few for giveaways for our fans? Absolutely, you betcha. The more, the merrier. Right. I, I will. Uh, I, I will. Um, I will definitely send you the address uh, where to uh, send those to, and we would appreciate anything you can do for us. That's awesome. So now, uh, what um, what projects are you? Uh, would you really like to do? Uh, like like. If you had a dream project, like for instance, of being in a Bond film or uh, being in like a, a Marvel comic movie, what, what would you say is your ultimate dream role that you'd like to achieve? Well, there's so many. Um, you know, it's uh, oh, sci-fi. You know, there's horror. Um, you know, one of the one of the actual roles I would like to uh, to uh, you know. I'd like to portray one day actually being uh, – um, I've always been fascinated with the law, so I would like to be in, like, a courtroom to be, like, a, say, a prosecutor or defender, um, you know, something like that. So, like, basically a crime, a crime drama uh, film, uh, motion, motion uh, you know, it's something like that. Or, you know, again, it could be a sci-fi, maybe something in, like, maybe Star Wars down the road or something or uh, – I don't know, being in one of the uh, Avatar or something like that, you know? Like, there's so many out there that, uh, but horror really, uh, you know, that's that's something that really has always interested me is the horror, horror films. Yes. Yeah. So, and, uh, you just never know what, what, what can pop up. And, hey, Matthias, would you like a part in one of his horror films? Well, I mean, being, you know, six foot two and 265, 270, I don't know, there's, 
there's not really much that I could do, but like if I if I get like a serial killer role or you know, uh, I I could do something like that. It'd be a lot of fun actually. If I got the opportunity, I'd be more than willing to do anything. Well, sure, speaking exactly. of the opportunity, yeah. speaking of the opportunity, uh, let's say that uh, one of us uh, would want to come work for you. What would we have to do? Uh, would you know? Would we want us to come carry your bags for a week and go to Starbucks and get your cappuccino and uh, you know go uh, you know go get uh, your your takeout uh, your whatever uh, to uh, work with you? What would what would a uh, what would one of us have to do to achieve that? Oh man, there'd be none of that. There'd be none of that at all. Trust me. But just like you know, just uh, hey. Hey, how you doing, guys? Go for maybe a couple of beers or a pizza or something, and you know, hey, just uh, sit down and talk. And yeah, there be none of that, none of that at all. That's that's not that's not how I uh, that's not how I roll. I'm just a genuine, nice guy, and uh, that's the way it is. I don't expect nobody to carry my bags or any of that stuff. That, that's not me. <laughs> I carry my own bags. Well, you know, well, you know, I'll tell you, I I I wouldn't mind doing it. I will say that though. <laughs> <laughs> or or oh. if you, or 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 if you need a bodyguard, I can do that too. I, I mean, I know Matthias oh, would be a great bodyguard for you. Oh yeah, maybe the bodyguard. Yeah, that would that'd be pretty cool to have a bodyguard. <laughs> yeah, uh, Matthias, yeah, game? Who knows, right? Well, I'm all, I'm used to being a security guard where I work anyway as one of my jobs. So I mean, it's like I played football where I had to protect my quarterback. I worked as a security guard, so I got to protect people from the bar. I'm a pro wrestler, so I got to, you know, protect people from myself in the ring. And then, yeah, I mean, I can either do that, or if I'm the love interest or a serial killer, I'll take whatever role I can get. Awesome. Uh, Len J. Phillips, our guest here. We got, uh, we got 11 minutes here with, uh, with uh, Len. So tell us, you know, you mentioned uh, you talked about uh, the uh, the Dead Zone project. Uh, what uh, – What's the next uh, uh, a couple months looking for you for uh, new projects that uh, I, I know you probably can't let too much out of the bag, but uh, what do you have uh, um, in ideas for upcoming projects that you uh, might be able to give us a little hint about? Well, this next while, like it, it, mainly now, I don't have any indie, indie any, uh, no indie films, uh, you know, on the go right now. I just finished off, like I said, uh, my last one I just did here. Um, now it's mainly just going to be uh, see about uh, for my agent from Wendy, uh, you know, Faces of Wendy. Uh, she's based out of Calgary, and yeah, it's just and you know what's it, it's so interesting because one day I could get get a um, an email and say, oh, they're looking for uh, from Actors Access. They're looking for uh, you know, say this cowboy, or they're looking for this. Uh, it could be like say a judge or whatever it may be. Or I can get something from uh, to be submitted for Heartland. Um, you just never know what's going to happen. But between now and the end of the year, I don't have anything really uh, lined up. So it's just yeah, it's just one of those. Hey, I just never know what's going to come, what's going to happen next. And I'm just waiting for the next big thing, I guess. <laughs> well, I, I guess which is uh, all you know, exciting. You know, I asked you what uh, you know your ultimate uh, your what your ultimate dream role would be, but is there any type of role that you wouldn't play or want to uh, be involved in? Oh, yeah. There's uh, well, for example, let's say I, I get a uh, I, you know I, there's a role they're looking for uh, a diver or they're looking for uh, you know you got to go underwater and such. 
well, me and water don't really uh, get along too well. So I kind of have a fear of that. So <laughs> I don't really want to go under the water if I don't have to. <laughs> so, uh, so if so I'm doing, say, the next big Jaws movie and I'm on the boat, I'll stay on the boat. I don't need to go into the water. <laughs> so if uh, if they say, uh, hey, we want you to play this uh, Olympian uh, swimmer, uh, you'd probably have to say, well, uh, can I be the coach? Exactly. Are they going to be the coach? Exactly. Or are they going to have some good stunt guys to do it? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Somebody's uh, got to be the coach. You... Actually, one of my other mo- sorry, one of my other movies that I'm doing, I'm playing uh, Coach Morgan uh, with with another, some other films that I do, and yeah, I just played it out. You know, played Coach Morgan, and uh, hey, you know, I uh, it's uh, you know it was uh, it was great. And I actually uh, played the role, you know, great. And that's, uh, it worked, right? So, yeah. Uh, Lynn J. J. Phillips, I guess, here. We got uh, we got about seven minutes here left with uh, Lynn. And then uh, uh, I, I, I wish it were seven more years, but uh, you've been awesome so far. But <laughs> So we can do this here. If our fans want to check you out and see if you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok, what do you got? Okay, so I've got Facebook right now. Uh, the Twitter, I do have a Twitter account, but I'm not really using that as much right now. I'm just mainly utilizing my Facebook for now. Um, yeah, and then down the road, I will have to, uh, yeah, get more involved with the other lovely, uh, uh, you know, the other uh, multimedia, uh, <laughs> the other multimedia like Twitter and such. Yeah, mainly it's just Facebook yeah. right now. And uh, if uh, if some of our fans were listening right now, uh, what kind of advice would you give someone that's just starting out that uh, wants to uh, get into the production field or get into the acting field? What advice would you give them? Okay, so if you're going to start off, my best advice, first of all, you have to ask yourself, is this what you want to do? Okay, because you have to have it inside of you. It's got to be that passion. So... To get that experience, and I said this to other, uh, other people have asked me the same question, get on set. So start with your background and extra. So you need to get on set. You need to see what's going on. You need to see if, if that's what you want um, because it's long hours and it's, you know, the pay is, not, is, is, is really good. But, I mean, hey, you get that experience, and then you start building up your resume. And then you're going to know. You're going to say to yourself, is this what I want to do? And... Uh, it just it'll just it'll it'll just go from there and then you will know you'll know yourself if that's what you want to do so when you're on set if you see the main actors doing their thing and you're standing there and you're being this background and you're going man i want to be there i could do what they're doing well okay in order to get there this is what you're going to have to do to get there so get that time in get that experience in but the main thing is do you have the passion is that what you want to do and if you do Go for it, and and don't let anybody stop you, and just keep achieving your dream. If that's your dream, go for it. And here's the thing. I had another interview, and I said, my last interview I, I said was, it's so easy, so easy to give up and say, stop. No, I'm, I can't do this. Nothing's happening. But the hardest part is to keep going and going and going. And I tell you, you just keep going and you just focus on your dream. You've got that passion and damn it, it's going to happen, but you make it happen. You've got people around you supporting you, 
But at the end of the day, you make it happen. Now, uh, what, uh, what what uh, what do you look for uh, in someone that would uh, want to uh, want to get uh, involved and uh, work with you or work for you? What do you look for? Well, okay. So if we're if we're looking for actors, say for our film. The first thing we're going to be asking, of course, you need to send in your self-tape. We want to see, do you have any acting ability? What's your, what is your acting skills, right? And then from there, we're going to determine, okay, is this the, is this the right person we're looking for for that role? So, yeah. Awesome. And it, now, it, uh, Yes. So now would you uh, – well, uh, let, let's uh, like I said, I don't, I don't want to uh, go too far in the weeds with this because we, you know, we got just a short time left. But uh, on that audition tape, uh, do you like? Uh, uh, do they like go to like your website and like grab like a page off the script and read that character uh, in the audition, or do you want them to send you uh, uh, like scenes from stuff they've done or whatever, like college plays or high school plays or whatever? Sure. Yeah, like for example, let's say you have a demo reel. Send in your demo reel. If you have, if you want it, if you got a green screen and you do your green screen and you're portraying, say, I don't know, a sheriff or a mad scientist, sure, send it in. We just want to see the ability that you have. What does this person have to bring to the table, right? And then, of course, you know, we have to look and such, you know. But I mean, can this person perform? Can this person actually act? That's what we're looking for. Absolutely. And, yes. you know, and there's there's always that, uh, you know, and uh, the other thing I'll ask you is like, uh, you know, what advice would you give somebody that uh, they go out, they do an audition and they, you know, they don't get the part because not everybody's going to get the parts that they try out for. But uh, how would you, what advice would you give someone that uh, went out, tried it, didn't get it? Uh, what would you tell, what would you tell them? Well, again, going back to uh, saying don't give up, you just keep going and going. Um, like you could say, well, I've got this huge audition. Oh, they didn't call me back. Oh, I never got anything back, you know. And then you're thinking, oh, they don't want me. I'm no good. You know what? You say that to yourself, but the thing is, you're not going to get what you want in life. But you've got to keep going and going and going, and damn it, something down the road has to give. It's like building a car, your dream car. You know, you're building this car, you're building this car, and then do you want this car to be driving down the, the, you know, the freeway or whatever and watch, see people, oh, my God, look at this beautiful car this guy just made, you know. But you've got to keep, you gotta keep at it, you know. And just because, just because that you don't get that role, you did that audition, you felt that you, you brought it to the table, damn it, I think I'm going to get this. And they don't even call, you don't get a call back or anything. You know what? Keep going. There's another one going to come down the road. You just got to keep focused and you got to say to yourself, I'm going to get this done and damn it, it's going to happen. So don't give up. Do the next one. You know? That's awesome. Uh, Len J. Phillips yep. is our guest here. And I'll tell you what, sir, I, I can't tell you uh, how much I do appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to uh, join us tonight. You have been, uh, uh, it's been such a heartfelt interview and you've given us a lot of great information and you are just wonderful. And I'm not just saying that because you, you're on the show, hey. but. Uh, you are just a super uh, individual, and uh, you're, you know you're just a regular guy. You don't have that uh, Hollywood mentality that you know some do. You don't have that ego like some do. Uh, but and we do appreciate everything that you do for us. Thank you. 
Well, thank you very much for uh, having me on the show, and it's been great. And, uh, yeah, all the best to you, and I'll definitely be sending those photos for your, uh, for your, uh, you know, for your people to, uh, you know, uh, to get them. So, yeah, it's been, it's been wonderful. Absolutely. Well, well, I'll tell you what, Lenny, thank you for being on here. And uh, if uh, we haven't scared you away too much, we would definitely like to have you back on again uh, when, uh, you want to, when you want to pitch your next project. We'll definitely uh, want uh, you to be the first uh, show that uh, you call uh, to pitch your new project. You bet you. Looking forward to it. Oh. You bet. Awesome. Thanks, Lenny. You have a great night, bud. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. All the best to you. Thank you very much. All right, Len J. Phillips, ladies and gentlemen, we uh, we got about uh, uh, well, we got about three minutes here left before the uh, before they uh, kick us out of the studio again. But uh, uh, real quick, Matthias, what uh, what's your schedule like uh, coming up here uh, in the next couple of days or weeks or whatever? What do you got going on? Well, of course, you know, I do all my work as I normally do. And, of course, I've got my security job that I will be doing. Uh, of course, I'll be watching the Vikings play football for the next upcoming weeks. And, you know, I'm going to kick Tom Brady out of my uh, out of my fantasy team after the crap he's been performing the past couple of weeks. But I'll get to that another time. Uh, but currently I ain't got uh, anything really going on for the next couple of weeks, which is kind of nice. I was actually supposed to go, to go down October 1st to Butte, Montana, Um but it was kind of sketchy, and they canceled on us, so we just decided we weren't going to do that promotion. Uh, but my next show will be October 23rd in uh, BZW uh, in Wapiton, North Dakota, followed by November 12th I'll be doing uh, GLCW. November 19th will be BZW in Duluth. November 25th will be EWI in Mandan. Uh, December 17th will be uh, my first uh, heavyweight title defense for APW. And then I got scheduled out for next year, but we'll talk about that at a later time. But uh, if anybody out there wants me to come work for them in the upcoming weeks, uh, feel free to shoot me a message on Facebook. I'm more than willing to take bookings, take offerings, take experience. So just let me know what you got going on, and Matthias will be there. And uh, you you have uh, something coming. Did, did you ever get hooked up with the Chief? Uh, well, well, we were in uh, talks about it. Uh, but with my current schedule being as busy as it is and me going all over the states currently, um, I've had to take a lot of time off of my work to go to these bookings. So I'm kind of just delaying myself of going down to South Carolina. We're always in talks about it. All i got to do is get my license and uh, fly down there whenever it's convenient, and I'll be put on TV as worded by him. That's awesome. And, uh, Granny, we know that you got your appointment coming up on uh... – Friday, and we want to make sure it's good news, and then you can update us uh, on that on Monday, correct? Well, if I, you know, depending on what they find out, you know, I, um, I, I'm just trying to remain positive, you know, for all of this, because I'm supposed to go to a wrestling show Saturday on the 24th for WFC, and um, so I'm, I'm really, because if I would have to, just go to wrestling show and not be able to holler at anybody. That would not be good. So <laughs> that would be that would be absolutely horrible if if Randy couldn't uh, participate at a wrestling show like I'm used to doing. So that's going to be uh, a little challenging for me, you know. So we'll we'll see what happens. But 
Well, you know, I know there's only there's only two people uh, in the wrestling business that don't want to hear you yell, and that's one guy in the studio here with me and one guy that likes to yield the golf club. But anyway, we can talk about that later. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, folks, we got to get out of here. Uh, it's been another successful show. we got a big show uh, next week, like always. Uh, check out our Facebook page on Wednesdays. Uh, the information drops Wednesday nights. will be available Thursday morning for who we got coming up uh, on the uh, show uh, next week. Uh, until then, we will see you uh, here then. Uh, but uh, this thing does not want to work. So um, I guess we'll just uh, chat until um, uh, until I can figure out why this thing is not working. Um, so, hey, uh, Matthias, as long as we uh, got to try and uh, get a hold of the, uh, the guy that can fix this computer, uh, we got uh, 60 seconds left of Internet time, and uh, if you go to... Uh, KenzFM.com, you'll be able to hear the after party like we did last week. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, so uh, you uh, you had a little tip with Eric Bischoff. Uh, is that right? Well, yes, as I had mentioned at the beginning of this show a couple hours ago, apparently Mr. Bischoff didn't really appreciate me beating up on one of his friends uh, a few weeks back when I competed at Wrestleversary for BZW. So he decided to uh, make his presence known in Harwood, North Dakota, um, and force me to compete in a boot camp brawl against Mason Mayhem, which you'll be able to find on YouTube. Just look up uh, Eric Mathias, E-R-I-K, space M-A-T-T-H-E-I-S. Just look on YouTube.com. You'll find Mathias versus Mason Mayhem. Uh, You can watch that match back. It was a pretty good match. Uh, but Eric Bischoff wanted to make his presence known at my expense, as everyone else does. And after I became a new Sly guy, he decided to ban me from ringside. He decided to put System in a match, which, of course, we were banned from ringside. Then he decided to uh, put me in a boot camp brawl against Mason Mayhem, where I competed in the main event there. And he decided, well, you know what, I'm going to up the ante a little bit. And he decided to manage Mason Mayhem, where he attacked, again, my managers from behind with a golf club. Um, and which uh, unfortunately cost me the match, but is what it is. I guess he got his little happy moment as he trailed back to Wyoming. So I guess if he ever comes back to North Dakota, the Sly guys will have to, uh, or the as we say, the modern-day version of the MWO, will just have to uh, take care of him personally with uh, with our golf clubs. Well, you know, I, I, we would definitely like to uh... – uh, you know, we would definitely like to uh, have him back. Uh, you know, because um, he's, uh, you know, he's uh, he is a great guy, and uh, maybe when he's on the show, um, uh, we can, uh, you know, talk to him further about that. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, uh, Granny, you still there? You still on? Yes, I am. Well, I'll tell you what. If you guys want to uh, chat chat a little bit, uh, I'm gonna I gotta run and take care of something real quick, and then uh, you guys just uh, carry it till I get back. All right. Okay. So, Matthias, all right, Granny. So, what shall we talk so, about? I don't know. I mean, it sounds like you had an interesting weekend, from what I read. So. Yeah, it was kind of unfortunate. I got put in. Uh, I, I did not come out on top this weekend nor did I come on top uh, with my 
fantasy football, but that's another story for another time. As I said, Tom Brady is giving me absolute crap uh, for performing in, in the NFL these past couple of weeks. But Bobby Brennan ended up uh, messing up my arm, putting me in the master lock, ended up unfortunately getting me to tap out that first night. Then Mason Mayhem got a lucky victory uh, after knocking me out uh, at the second time. He put – I was kind of dazed, so he got the one, two, three. And then, of course, again, joining Sly's guys and uh, taking on Eric Bischoff, basically, uh, just was uh, – it was it was a great three days of wrestling. I couldn't complain. It's it's something I love. It's a passion of mine, as everybody on here knows. Everybody knows that wrestling is a passion of you and mine. And uh, oh yeah, I if if I could only take it, if only I could take it full time right now. I just got to get uh, just got to get out there a little further. And uh, once my name gets a little bit bigger than it already is, you know, I might be able to take this thing full time and uh, live out my true my true passionate dream if uh, <laughs> if it ever comes to pass. Well, I'm sure, knowing you like I do, Matthias, I'm sure that... Thanks for listening to 89.1 Ken's FM. We are Are listener-supported radio, so the programming you hear on our station is funded by our members (laughs) and these local and area businesses. (laughs) So you're hungry, and you're thinking about some place to eat? Well, I think of the Shack on Broadway, located in North Fargo at 3215 Broadway. They feature wow. daily breakfast, lunch, and dinner specials and have been twice voted best breakfast in town. This, they are open at 6 a.m. every day until 8 p.m. Monday through Friday and until 2 p.m. on Saturday and Sunday. They take care of all of your to-go needs as well, plus handling that quick meal before or after running to the lakes this summer. I'm thinking Shack on Broadway still. They're at 3215 Broadway in North Fargo. Wow. All right. Well, we got half this thing going, so let's see what else is going on here. So, Granny, oh, so Granny you were saying about everything? What were you talking about oh, before we I was got just, I was just, I was just saying, knowing you like I do, you know, you're, that, is one of, that is a goal of yours, and I'm sure you will achieve that goal in record time, I mean, like you, like you like to do, you know. So I mean, one of these days, you know, hopefully, you can make it to Arkansas or who knows. I mean, I make it to Fargo, not during the winter time though. I'm not coming during the winter well, time. Well, of course not. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to get stuck up there. Of course, if I did, if I did get stuck up there in the winter time, I would have Homer to keep me company. So. <laughs> Very true. But, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I talked to your promoter, and he was very uh, intrigued on getting me down there. So I'll just have to shoot him another message as to when his, I told him whenever he needs a big guy to come in as uh, the heel or whatever and uh, take on one of his big baby faces, I'm more than willing to do it. Um, again, I got Chief G yeah, Eagle but... uh, in talks with going to South Carolina and stuff too. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I know Ozark Mountain Wrestling, we've got a show coming up October 8th. So uh, that's our next big show. And um, I know Ivan Warsaw just had a big old dog collar match against Rodney Mack not too long ago down in Texas, a couple, or about almost a month ago, I think it was. So, but uh, yeah, Ozark Ozark Mountain Wrestling, it's a good promotion to wrestle for. I have a lot of friends that wrestle there and, it's one. It's one of my favorite ones, and what I love about it, it's just like pre- 
comfortably in my back door. I don't have to go very far to see a good wrestling show. <laughs> Not that I, I mean, exactly. I love going to Oklahoma. I, I, I love going to Oklahoma. I love supporting my WFC family. I mean, their anniversary show is coming up October 22nd, and that's 11 years that Wrestling for a Cause has been running. So um, I've been yeah. pretty much a part of that since day one. So, you know, I love my I love my wrestling family, so... Yeah, and like but, I, and like I said, in the, yeah, it's uh, and the one thing about these guys too, you know, I mean, I kind of honestly, I kind of geeked out when I got to see Eric Bischoff and stuff, and and first, like, I didn't even see him in the locker room. He was signing, and I didn't even notice him. I just walked past him like he was a regular guy, and all of a sudden, I turn around, and there he is, right there, the NWO guy, the the legend himself of WCW, mm-hmm. Eric Bischoff, and mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and it was kind of cool to to work with him, of course, to to you know. Just just being able to say, hey, I got to work with Eric Bischoff and stuff. And then um, James Ellsworth, formerly known of WWE, did tell me that next time uh, WWE was in Wisconsin, he was giving me a tryout. So, I mean, you know, if something uh, if something were to come uh, congruently and I were to be able to get a tryout and I were to get signed, you know, that would be a great opportunity. And and uh, my, my a friend of mine, or as a, I guess, a wrestling cohort of mine, Rampage Santana, Actually, next weekend has an uh, has a tryout at the Performance Center, so I'm wishing him the best of luck there. Even though him and I don't see eye to eye in the ring, because you know he's you know he's him and I'm me. Uh, I hope the best for him, and I hope he gets signed to go to NXT or whatever. That'll be cool to see him on on TV because he really deserves it after being trained by Ken Anderson. And um, oh yeah, and, it, and it, I mean it's cool. Like and I said, I'm all I always claim I am a double champion. I'm the EWI Diamond and APW world's heavyweight champion but uh you know i'm always looking out to to get more opportunities to reach gold and and i remember these people one time and and you can give me your opinion on this too um i kept always talking about like as as you already know how wrestling goes and whatnot i was talking to the promoter and i was trying to set something up big for our company and i'm like yeah you can just do this and and i'll compete for this and whatever and they're like, well, you always talk about you holding a, a belt or getting an opportunity for a belt. And, and everybody says, you know, it's a prop, right? You know, it's this and it's just that. I'm like, well, listen here. If you don't pursue to be the top dog in a promotion, then what the heck are you doing in pro wrestling? Like when, a, when, a, when, the, when the promoter gives you, when the promoter gives you that, that title, when he holds you as his heavyweight champion or his – intercontinental champion or his hardcore champion or whatever he's giving you that opportunity and believing in you to hold that top spot in that company he trusts you he thinks you're good enough so if you don't pursue to be the top dog what are you doing that's true that's very true i mean you've got a point there i mean that's very true so very very true a lot of people gave because people gave me a lot of gruff about it it's like you're always talking about you doing this and you winning this. And it's like, well, I'm like, well, here's the thing. If, if I could set up a good store, like I could set up good stuff for everybody. It's, I do this, we do this, blah, blah, blah. And it could take us into the future. But, and they're like, yeah, you always talk about you holding this or you doing that. And it's like, well, listen, if you're not trying to make yourself look good and you're not trying to put yourself up as top dog, then you don't deserve to be in for wrestling as uh, I'm trying to think of who it was who said it. I believe it might have been Jake Roberts or or somebody. It was it was during a Dark Side of the Ring episode, and they said, if you're trying to compete to be in the middle, 
you don't belong in pro wrestling. You always want to be at the top. Uh, we are on well, 89.1 Ken's FM here. Uh, just to uh, give everybody a – we will be getting back to the great music that you're looking forward to here at 11 o'clock here on 89.1 Ken's FM. And, uh, you know, uh, glitches like this happen every now and then. Um, uh, you, I, I don't think it was anything I did, but uh, I will definitely take the blame for it as uh, a lot of my – <laughs> oh well, okay, all right. Well, hey, at least I at least I got better uh, deodorant on tonight uh, as we alluded to last <laughs> week. Uh, Granny, you missed that part, but anyway, uh, you know. Um, uh, anyway, uh, so Matthias, uh, you know, you and I did this. Uh, I guess we call this Attitude Era Live Overtime, uh, and uh, Granny uh, is with us, so uh, we're here. Uh, hopefully not for much longer because I know that uh, everybody wants to listen to the the great music and it looks like it's ready. So uh, we are going to sign off and we will see you next week with no computer problems. Until then, love each other, be safe, and we are out of here. We hope. Maybe. See, that's what it was doing. That's what it did before. Yeah, I guess we're still on the air. Okay. Um, I guess well, people just can't get enough of us. Uh, or maybe they can't. <laughs> uh, I love it. You know, uh, so, uh, you know, uh, as the uh, as the great engineer is fixing the... Con- Thanks for listening to 89.1 Ken's FM. We are listener-supported radio, so the program... Yes, we are. We certainly are. Uh, and uh, if... Uh, 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 as the greatest engineer... I don't know if I can even say that, but the greatest engineer that I know... Uh, is here fixing this right now, and uh, the owner of the station, if he gets emails tomorrow asking what happened at 11 o'clock, why they why a couple goose were on the, on, but just let him know that uh, I don't know uh, we we hacked the station or something. I don't know. We just wanted a few little <laughs> extra time. Yeah, right. Um, but uh, you know, Granny, one thing I was thinking that we would uh, be kind of doing would be cool if we could get a. Uh, station where you're at in Arkansas that would pick up the show. That would be kind of cool. Uh, I don't know. Well, the way our radio stations work around here in Arkansas is a little bit, a lot different than what they used to be. I mean, um, it's just, I, I don't even know, honestly, how they work their stations anymore. I mean, I have a couple that I listen to from time to time. I, I know someone that does. Just, uh, basically, I, well, there's nobody in the studio, right? It, it's all uh, just a board and uh, piped in, right, usually nowadays? Well, I mean, there are people in the studio that still, you know, work the board and, and do their do their thing, you know, and stuff. But so much of it anymore is just pre-recorded, and I just really don't know how. Because I have a very good DJ friend that, been a DJ for many, many years, and basically the last radio station that he was a part of, I mean, as he put it, he saw the writing on the wall coming, and they let him go after, I don't know how many years he'd been with this particular radio station, and he ended up getting another job at another local radio station shortly after that happened, which I'm glad he's still on the air, because he's a really good DJ, but it's just, I... It's just really weird the way they do things down here in Arkansas with our radio stations. So, so are we ready? 
All right. Uh, now we are done. So uh, back to the hits on 89.1 Ken's FM. We'll see you next week here at the CDR Live, Monday, 9 p.m., 11 p.m. Central. We'll see you then. Most on the glass, still tear that's in tone. And still days of both, or at least these we want to last. And what have we seen? Nothing but tumbleweeds, rest up in every queen, warm up and drive it free. There's a fear that we'll find, everything we left behind. It'll matter if we do, just as long as.
And now some homegrown rock and roll on 89.1 Ken's FM. So here's another gnarly song from the 80s.
Why can't you?